listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. In this video, we're going to talk about how to fix Gambit. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, you might have found this on Spotify. A lot of the podcast platforms has SNTR Presents on it. You can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. That'll bring you to the channel where I stream. You can join um, as a member and get emotes and perks in Discord. If you want to become a Patreon, uh, that also gets you perks in the Discord, early access to Q&A, access to stuff that's you know that we're doing with, with members. Go to SNTRpresents.com and that'll get you on the Patreon. So Gambit's something I've talked about a lot over the years. And I know people are like, man, you're so hard on it. You dislike it so much. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. So in this video, I wanted to try to talk through you know, what they could do to fix it. Now, I made a bit of a mistake. I have high high levels of support on my Patreon and my YouTube where people can co-host with me, and there was somebody who's already paying that tier, and they wanted to co-host a Gambit talk. So we're going to try and do another Gambit video that's a little different than this, giving him, you know, that opportunity to do that. I made a mistake and, 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 and forgot. But in this one, I want to talk about the true challenge first. The true challenge of changing or updating Gambit. Then second, I want to talk about minimum needs. I believe there are minimum minimum things, bottom things that must be addressed to a certain degree. And then I want to end by saying what's most likely to happen, uh, just sort of given the track record and, and what Bungie does with modes like Gambit. So let's just talk about the true challenge. I talked about this in a VIP call-in a while ago. It actually has a daily engaged core audience that is of a decent size. It's not a huge size, but it's decent. One day of Gambit, you know, I think it was the third or fourth week of Trials. Trials, after a whole weekend, was dipping below what just one day of Gambit hits. If that can kind of give you a picture of how many people do on the daily um, regularly interact with Gambit. And because there's a regular audience engaging with it, I feel like there is a there's a tension here and a and a strain of what do we do with it. If you this is what I said the other day, if you make too many changes, if you completely overhaul the mode and you rip out some of the things that are most prized and enjoyed, people would be like this isn't Gambit anymore and I don't like it. And and that doesn't mean they stop playing Destiny, but if you spend all that time and energy fixing the mode and you lose some of the core daily engaged Gambit audience, that's not good for the, the game mode. You're going to have longer waiting for matchmaking. You're going to have a frustrated player base that they feel like their game mode got kind of tr- you know trampled on. So you run that risk. Now, the, the, the risk there in the gamble would be, well, maybe people like Lono and other PvE-oriented players would enjoy Gambit more if we made XYZ change and they'll come in and play. Well, I may be still extremely uninterested in Gambit if if uh if i have if if i haven't played it in a, in a year or two right if i've not touched gambit and you make all these changes i still have a pretty strong predisposition to disliking it so you could lose the core audience and not really capture anybody new and then the player engagement would just go down and then you would have wasted all that time and energy and development and now you have another game mode like trials with with a dwindling player base and a frustrated audience that wants right they want trials to be good people want gambit to be populated and enjoyable because for whatever reason over the years since it's been put in the game there is a core audience that likes gambit and listen I love them. I don't want those people to feel like their cherished game mode gets absolutely destroyed, but I do think there are minimum needs here that need to be addressed, and most people that play the mode would, would probably agree with a lot of what I'm about to say, even if they like it. Number one, the influence of the 
the armament mods needs to be addressed. That is kind of flipping the game mode on its head. If you face a, a, you know, a team that is running them and they're running those armaments and they constantly have heavy, that completely changes the flow of the game in a way that was probably never intended. The other thing, obviously, that needs to happen is they need to trim it down to one mode. Now, we know they're doing that at the very least. They're looking into saying, okay, listen, you know, we, we, we can't have two versions of the mode for forever so we're going to have to trim it down to one second invasion really really needs to be looked at i know many myself included would probably be happy if invasion just went away but i feel like that would completely and utterly destroy the the central identity of gambit if you just get rid of invasion it needs overhauled i think even people that like gambit have to admit invasion is crazy crazy strong it's it's basically the central part of the mode the 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 killing of the ads getting the moats and picking blocker sizes and and killing the boss is all almost on an autopilot for teams with a really strong invader invasion is essentially the core tenant of the mode Uh, invasion is too powerful it's too influential it seems to happen too often it is too central it is essentially a pvp mode in disguise as i and many others have said many many times so you can't remove it you just you cannot remove it it's too central it's too it's part of what is happening this this sense of disruption this sense of blockers coming over somebody coming over and they're a threat to taking your moats now if you address every aspect of invasion you could neuter it to the point that it's inconsequential which would be just as bad as taking it out if you'd make it less powerful less influential over the flow of game make it happen less often if you make it less central the, the issue you would run into there is it then becomes completely inconsequential. We talked about that with bounties, right? If you make the XP payout on bounties so, so small that they don't matter anymore, you've basically invalidated them as in, uh, why even bother doing bounties? They're so, so small. They're pointless. You could do the exact same thing to invasion. The boss fight is also kind of a joke. I don't know exactly what to do here other than I think adding more mechanics. I think the meatball fight tends to be a good starting place. I think the other boss fights tend to feel like a bit of a joke. Uh, that's also when the invasion can feel the most pesky uh, because you are you're sort of constantly having somebody coming over. And then the sudden death round in Gambit is also another thing that would need to be assessed when Shards of Galanor you know, essentially is broken at the end of a, you know, if you tie and you got to go to sudden death, everybody's getting their super energy really, really fast. So you basically have endless blade barrage with shards of Galanor, which is another thing that I don't want shards messed with, but I think the game mode itself, it has these unplanned fractures and problems within it. I think in concept when they designed it and when they play tested it, everybody had curated loadouts and nobody had armaments, nobody understood the maps yet, and so they just kind of went in and had fun, and I think in principle, they could maybe recapture some of that, but the only way you're going to get there is by making you know pretty significant changes to, I think, that the, the fundamental thing that would need addressed above all else, this is the order I would prioritize it is, invasion needs addressed first, and then boss fights needs addressed second. The mode collection, the map design, uh, the blockers, 
none of that stuff seems to be a problem none of that stuff seems to be an issue I think armaments is probably a part of that discussion but armaments are are kind of on their own in in needing to be addressed potentially I think the answer would just be to remove armaments from the game I know people would probably be mad at me saying that but I think that's probably easier than trying to nerf them or limit where they can be used Um, so what's the most likely thing to happen because I can sit here, and I didn't go into detail. We'll probably get into detail in the Q&A and the VIP. I'm staying a little more generic uh, in the talks now because we get down into the details in the Q&A and the VIPs. What's the most likely? Because if I go down this road of, like, they could do this to invasions and make it about this and make us use relics instead of weapons and supers. That was the idea I had the one time. Have a sniper relic and a melee relic and a heavy, like, a heavy relic, and each relic comes with different benefits and perks. And when you invade, you choose between those three um those three relics and then Bungie wouldn't have to nerf supers or heavy weapons or weapons in general you would literally have to go in and get good with a particular relic maybe there's a scorch cannon relic or a sword relic and they all come with different benefits you know oh well when you invade with the sword relic you're gonna have a crazy overshield because you have to get closer to the enemy and blah 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 I could get really really specific and dig down in and that's and and talk about all that what's the most likely thing to happen I'm gonna tell you (laughs) More than likely, they're going to update it annually after removing one of the modes, and they'll probably just let the armor perks naturally get sunset. They're, they're going to they're gonna get sunset. I think those armor sets are basically going to be gone, because if the power is enabled in Gambit, you won't want to go in with those armor sets anymore. They're probably going to let that happen automatically, and then maybe a loot update once a year, and that's it. I don't think I don't think they're going to make significant changes to Gambit. I think they're going to let it run like a game mode. They're going to let it run like Trials. Annual update to gear, maybe. Maybe one or two new maps, maybe a new boss, and then that'll be it. I don't think it'll become a central game mode. I don't think it'll get a central focus of a DLC or a season and get a significant update. I think they'll strip it down to one mode, make very, very minor changes potentially. But if they give new loot to Gambit on an annual refresh, then I would say hold the phone, wait, press pause, Shax and Zavala need to get some of that treatment before the Drifter gets some of that treatment. And then you would treat it like any other mode in Destiny. It's just there as an option for pursuit of gear, pursuit of power, and it just kind of runs. That keeps that daily engaged player base happy. They don't waste a bunch of time trying to, you know, trying to, you know, change change things around. And when they do that, I think ultimately a lot of us will just continue to ignore Gambit, and I'm actually fine with that. Um, if they're going to completely reinvent it and make a bunch of changes, I'd be open to it, but I do think that's probably the most unlikely outcome. So it's fun to discuss. I'm sure we'll get into really good ideas in Q&A and VIP. I love discussing this, but more than likely, they're not going to implement any of our good ideas. So as always, if you're listening to this and you want to join the conversation live, say no to rage.com, or if you want to become a Patreon, go to sntrpresents.com and get to the Discord to enjoy those great perks. We're about to use some of those perks now with Q&A and VIP. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about how to fix Gambit. If you're listening to this on iTunes or maybe you have found this podcast on Google Play or Spotify, you can always go to SNTRPresents.com to become a patron of this podcast and support me directly. That also gets you perks in the Discord. If you're watching on YouTube or you want to watch live, say no to rage.com brings you to YouTube. You can click the join button and they're the exact same tiers of support as Patreon and you get the same benefits and perks in discord so first question coming in from deathblood 
I personally think that the maps are too open for invasions. It's easy, it's way too easy, for an invader to kill someone cross-map with an MG or Truth. What do you think about this? Tighter maps, also invasion, True Sight is annoying, should that be tackled? So, this is why I did not get specific in my video. I knew we would get specific in the Q&A, uh, and when I, when I get specific and come up with ideas, it makes it hard for me to entertain other ideas, because I'm like, no, 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 I think this is the best way. So I intentionally handled this video differently than I have in the past. So let's take this suggestion and think about it. Is the main issue or is one of the main issues with invasion, the maps being open and then subsequently let's tighten up the maps. Okay. You know, let's tighten up the maps to eliminate it. I actually think this is an issue, but not like the biggest issue. So one of the things I think you have to do whenever you are trying to fix an issue in destiny is don't get into specifics before solving the general if that makes sense so invasion has a lot of things about it that are very general and broad that i think would need to be looked at and addressed first overshield wall hacks um it's timing it's influence okay i will get all that first before assessing map design do you see because if you attack it from the specifics before you attack it from the general you might only fix one aspect of invasion and then everyone's just going to adapt to the fact that you made the maps tighter okay so i would always say you start you go general and broad change first before getting lost in the weeds of specifics they may do some changes to invasion and they find that some extra walls and barriers and some cluttered or or crampedness to the maps might help because it is very open you invade you're all the way on one side of the map and you have to look all the way across what's the map on titan i feel like on titan it's harder to invade because there's so you have to do so much traveling there's so many buildings there's so many things in your way there's corridors and places for people to hide in my experience this is purely anecdotal but in my experience i feel like the titan map is a good example of maybe what you're talking about that the influence and power of invasion can get a little bit minimized on a map where people have an easier time getting into cover and hiding therefore slowing down the efficiency of the invader this is another reason why addressing invasion from a broad approach before map design would be good because not all maps are the same the titan map is dramatically different than the nessus map the nessus map is like it's just an open field with a couple of trees i mean it's it's wide open if they're all the way up at the top they can see all the way over to drill you know and vice versa wherever they are they can kind of see everywhere um and that couldn't cut both ways right that can make the invader be a little bit more exposed if people want to try to team shot or something but i do think in general when you're trying to invade and it's a wider open area um it's a lot easier uh for the invader i think and this this is one area that they would want to look at and this is why i would say they would want to maybe try to do this in pieces because if you completely change you know gambit like i said in the video you run the risk of of losing people that do daily play gambit and that's why i would make small changes small changes first to wall hacks over shield how long they're able to be over there how long how often they can invade you know how painful is it when they kill a couple people i would look at all those things first 
the power and the influence of invasion look at that first and then later say yeah you know what some of these maps are a little too open these other maps seem to be good we look we can look at heat maps for invasion look at heat maps for death from invasion we can see these maps it's a little bit better and these others are a little too wide open and maybe make a couple changes so i think you're zeroing in on something that does play a role in some of the uh, some of the invasions, they can just it's there's zero challenge. They can see, you know, they can see a hundred yards across the map, corner to corner, and I think that's a that's a potential problem for someone who already has overshield wall hacks and likely you know a heavy weapon. Next question from Ink Toxicant: A complaint that seems to arise with Gambit is the PvP power balance. Could this be changed by making the invasion a summoner role? Perhaps you always spawn in as a taken wizard so invasion power is equalized. So, I've seen this idea floated out a variety of times. And I think it has potential. This seems similar to the idea that I had with relics. So, you would go and invade and you would choose from a a sniper relic you know, an explosive relic and a melee relic. So one relic is like a sword, the other relic is a scorch cannon, and the other relic is like a, a some type of a sniper rifle. Then, if one of the relics is too strong, they could adjust the relic and not your weapons or exotics. Then, you know, heavy ammo economy would suddenly not be affecting invasions, except for maybe anti-invasions, because if you're running armaments, it th- this might be, you know, something they need to look at. Um... And like what you're saying, oh, you come over as a wizard. Now that might be fun and a way to really, really kick this game in, in, in into high gear. Only worry I would have is that would be very not Destiny. That would be very, you know, beast mode from uh, from Gears of War. And everybody suddenly would want to invade. <laughs> like I want to go over and be an ogre or something. Um, but I I think the relic idea is probably a safer middle ground. So if if we look at what you're suggesting, you're suggesting something that's like crazy different, high level change, holy moly, everybody's going to want to invade. If it comes down to a relic, obviously if you're invading, you would pick the relic that you think is best. So a melee relic, if it's like a sword, you would have a significantly greater degree of overshield and, and wall hacks. The sniper would have less. The heavy weapon would be like the middle ground soldier option, like good amount of exp- a good amount of, uh, you know, overshields and, and, and wall hacks, but you gotta hit your shots with this. It, it would almost be like a scorch cannon, right? Something like a scorch cannon. Um, then the other thing Bungie could do is limit the ammo. Like, the, the odds of you going over and getting a four, you know, a four-person team wipe would go down, because you'd have to hit, like, every snipe perp- perfectly, or every scorch cannon perfectly. So, you would minimize the the chance of them getting a team wipe, you would minimize how strong it is, and if you had to make adjustments to overshields or strength of the relic, no one would be like, well, thanks for nerfing Xenophage, or thanks for nerfing Sleeper. They haven't nerfed Xenophage, but you see what I'm saying? Like, that's what people ultimately look at. They look at the weapon. It's like, well, remove the weapons from the equation. I go over and I'm not going to get kills with that. I'm going to get kills with this other thing. Um, your idea is definitely in that lane. It's like, as you're saying, it's more of a PvE way to have PvP. Exactly. So it would be less of a, oh man, this heavy or exotic or this build the armament debate that's going on in chat right now, right? Like, everybody that has armaments knows the the influence it has over, over Gambit. And because of that, I think 
you could zoom out on this and remove Heavy's influence over invasion. Now again, anti-invasion could be problematic. If some team is running armaments and you try and invade, you're just going to get team shot with machine guns or Xeno or something and be dead in the water if they limit invasion's power. So I would I would always be concerned about getting too specific on this over baking the cake and messing up the recipe to where people that like Gambit are like, this isn't even Gambit anymore. People that already don't like Gambit are like, yeah, it's still pretty much the same. It's not different enough. Um, so zoom out, make make bigger, more broad changes, make them a little bit more moderate so that invasion is slowly changing over time and not becoming dramatically different than what it is where it is now. Doge Ross. One of the biggest issues in Gambit is Heavy being necessary for both Invasion and Boss Damage. Should Heavy be limited to only Crate as in its current state? Heavy is from RNG Drops and the Crate, which means RNG has a huge part in who wins or loses. And missing from this question is the influence of armaments. Uh, If you get really, really good grenade uptime and you're using a demolitionist weapon, you're going to have full Heavy, you know, relatively easily. Um, So... If they said heavy's only going to come from crates, you could, um, you know, y- you could say that that would be a really, really quick and easy way um, to to limit the economy of the most influential, you know, ammo ammo type of gambit. So it only comes from crates. Only concern there would be you're going to have one person, maybe two people, with you know heavy ammo. When it comes time to do boss damage so maybe ammo crates appear once the boss is out right then the concern would be they're just going to use that on the invader well that's their choice right if everybody gets heavy and you're wanting to do damage to the boss and someone invades and you decide to use your heavy ammo on the invader well i mean that's your choice invasion you know getting sort of you know bodied and checked once the boss is out would probably be okay but this is one of the reasons that when you get down into specifics, you're going to affect so many other things in the game. If only one or two people have heavy ammo when it's time to do boss damage, would that be a good change to the boss flow? Would that be an inadvertent way to make the boss fights more interesting and not so bake oriented? Um, maybe, maybe not. You may just have people running, you know, okay, you're our two guys running heavy. They run guillotine oppressive darkness and then you get like a couple you know two celestials you still may end up having boss bakes you would just not lean on heavy so much the the inadvertent nerfing of the team by saying armaments don't work heavy only comes from these these you know these ammo crates um that could be a way to restrict the power of the player without nerfing you know what I mean? Without nerfing guns and supers and exotics. Two dollars from Kiltson. There needs to be a risk for doing poor invasion. Somebody in chat, it might have been Teddy, said there's like virtually no punishment for a bad invasion. Um, I actually think that's really good insight. That is a really, really good insight. It's like you can go have a bad invasion and it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It has it has no bearing on on the uh the, the outcome now the only thing that can come from a bad invasion 
is they're able to basically invade back. Like, a good invasion basically demoralizes the team, they're not able to bank their moats because they're dead, and they're not able to invade, and you double invade. By the time you come back, your team is ready to send you again. This is one of the rhythmic problems with invasion. You tend to put your you know, your foot on the team's neck almost immediately. It's like, oh, they're down, now hold them down, right? Or another way to put it would be a snowball effect, right? You're, 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 you're basically the rich are getting richer. You got in, you got a good invasion. Now you get to basically invade right away again. So if, if the, the punishment for a bad invasion would be, oh, well you had a bad invasion and you come back and now, you know, X, Y, Z happens. I, I kind of already think if you have a bad invasion and they're able to invade back, I think that's fair it's like now they have a chance to answer and put you on your heels and catch your team on a oh they're they're trying to bank you know rhythm um i think the big danger is if you have a bad invasion but you get first invasion you still are automatically slowing the other team down you're invading so they're hiding or they're trying to fight you and they're not banking while this is happening, the team that is that has sent over an invader, they're able to continue getting moats, and they're able to bank those moats, potentially going into the same you know dilemma of another invasion back-to-back. And then the other team gets sort of stalled out and in limbo. So what invasion does is, it doesn't just give you the potential to kill someone and take their moats. What it does is, it pushes, it pushes like a pause button on the other team. It's like a record scratch. It's like, all right, everybody stop. Hide. Where is he? Call it out. Can we kill him? Can we snipe him? You know, can we use heavy or whatever on him? Like, you're trying to locate him. Now, while this is happening, the other team is just cruising along. They're just continuing to go and do what they're doing, and they're ready to bank, and they're ready to send their guy back over. So even if he goes over, unless he gets absolutely domed the minute he gets over there, if it's a long invasion with no kills, that's still a successful invasion. You slowed them down for 30 seconds. It's like, they're not doing anything for half of a minute. That's an eternity in Gambit. Right? That is an eternity in Gambit. So... That would be my biggest concern is that it's not even about if you get or don't get any, you know, uh, eliminations. It's you are <laughs> you're basically going over and, and slowing them down. And there is literally nothing that you can do about it. You have to stop. You have to take and hide. Um, if you lose ground, then you need to take ground back. Well, again, though, in general, in general, the way that uh, Gambit is set up is it's like it's like in that Fall Guys map that we play where it's a seesaw. If it gets if the seesaw gets tilted too high in one direction, there it you you can't climb. You're in a ditch with not enough moats. You know you you're banked to do anything, and now the other team's sending them back over. So you're basically getting like held in a container for a certain amount of time. And eventually, while that's happening, someone's tilting the scale slowly, slowly, slowly. And eventually, you're just going to slide off. 30 seconds is more than enough time to hit two spawn locations in Gambit. Oh, where the enemies spawn? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I've come back from enemy having prime and less than 50 bank. 
here's the thing this always happens in these discussions I'm speaking generally and broadly about the design framework of Gambit and you can have anecdotal comebacks all you want that doesn't negate the criticism of Gambit and the influence of invasion and the influence of a good invasion and the snowball effect and the the you know the everything everything hinges on that first invasion that criticism is well founded so uh, comebacks happening is is obviously going to happen. You're going to have teams that mess up, get lazy, make a mistake, aren't paying attention, and the other team rallies. Anecdotal evidence of a comeback isn't a negation of criticism. It's merely a, well, not every time, not all the time, right? Well, no, we're not saying all the time. We're saying from a design standpoint, this is how the game sort of flows and feels, and we think that the influence of Invasion could be toned down to limit those absolute steamrolls that I think happen the most. I think if you actually ran the numbers, okay, and you looked at the way Gambit games go, I, I would wager to say the higher percentage of the games, the majority, even if it's 60 or 70% of games, the majority of games are just steamrolls. Um, just absolute steamrolls. So, counter-invading does something, no no it doesn't it it only does it if you successfully kill the guy like right away if your team pushes the pause button on getting moats and eliminating enemies and banking moats if they have to push the pause button for 20 to 30 seconds so much happens in that time frame the other team just continues to climb it's almost like I'm able to hold you at bay and you can't climb the ladder and if, and, and if I manage to take one of your players out, I actually lower your standing on the ladder. And then wh- meanwhile, my teams continue to climb up that ladder and eventually they ring the second bell and I get to come right back over. Uh, Greg says, imagine as an evolution, you get teleported to or create a mini throne world where the boss spawns. You have to do damage there. When you invade during boss DPS, if you have your primeval... Uh, failing to get kills heals your primeval by a percent. If you're not on the primeval, you lose modes. The only pro- <laughs> the only problem with that is troll invades. I I don't want to take the po- like you already have to deal with. Uh, maybe this isn't a way to legislate the game mode, but you already have to deal with people who get grab fifteen and run around like a numbskull and and lose all the modes. Right. Um. So. All those invades slowing you down for them to get to massively dump on by blocker spam when they're trying to do DPS. Yeah, but one tether kind of makes that go bye-bye. One good tether, one good Nova, eh. I don't don't think that's influential enough. Um, Again, we're not going in the lane of like, specificity of well sometimes this could happen or sometimes that could happen because then I'm going to say tether and you're going to say holding tether hurts you and Nova hurts you um, you know and I I just think you're getting too specific for the debate to be fruitful I'm, talk, I'm trying to talk at 30,000 feet about changes they could make if you have comebacks if, if, if you think the game is perfect then it's a fruitless discussion like there's no reason to talk if you think the game's totally fine and, vo- and, and, and has, it has no problems, 
It's devoid of problems. Um, well, then there's not really a discussion to be had. I don't think anybody can can honestly look at Gambit and Gambit Prime and conclude that the modes and the and the way that invasion happens, I it's really really hard to conclude it's perfect and doesn't need any tuning. Um, it it's a huge huge debate in the community, so it's really really hard for me to come out on the other end and be like, no, yeah, it's totally fine. It's a perfect game mode. Comebacks are possible. You can spam them with you know blockers and blah blah blah. It's like. I'm sure if you're on a really good team and you really rally, yes. Yes, I'm sure you you can. But I worry that that's not really what we're talking about. We're trying to talk, um, you know, high high level here game design as as opposed to like getting down into specifics. I love entertaining specifics, by the way. I'm just saying we're getting too specific now to where you're like, well, my team has come back sometimes. Again... I think if you ran the numbers, steamrolls are probably the most common result in Gambit. And it's not supposed to be that kind of a game mode. It's supposed to be a back and forth. It's supposed to be a PvEVP tug of war, and it just isn't. You know what I mean? Sant21. A complaint in Gambit is the constant invasion spam. What do you think of cutting invasions to two or three times a match? So, I went generic in the video and I said too powerful, too influential too often Um, you've got to I think address each of those in their own way so if you weaken the power and the influence of invasion you might be able to leave the, the how often it shows up, the rhythm okay if you adjust the rhythm and you slow the rhythm down, invasions don't happen as often. Then you could, right? You you could say, oh, it's fine and it's powerful. You see what I'm saying? If you lower frequency, then you can leave it super powerful because it's happening less often. If you weaken the power, then the frequency might be okay because coming over every once in a while is not as influential, not as powerful. What's good, Pico? So, you you can't, if you turn every knob, oh, it's too often, turn that down. Oh, it's too powerful, turn that down. Oh, it's too influential, turn that down. You're going to neuter invasion to being completely inconsequential and now it's not really gambit anymore and i think people would rightfully be frustrated be like you guys really really overtuned this game mode i think bungie needs to set their sights on one thing and adjust that one thing and see if that helps if they're going to adjust the frequency of invasion just adjust that and see if game flow doesn't get a little bit better because you got to let the game run for like a month or more to gather the trends and the influence, you know, maybe again, don't lower, don't lower frequency, just lower the strength and the, and the wall hacks, you know, and make some adjustments for power, cut invasions to boss only, or once they pass two third moats. Yeah. Invasions could change shape as the fight goes on. The first invasion is 10 seconds. The second invasion is 20 seconds. And then once the boss is out, you get 25 seconds. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's less likely that the early invasions are influential because you have a smaller window of time. Maybe you get one, two kills if you're lucky. You know what I mean? You could do something like that. It, you would say, yeah, it's the first invasion. It doesn't need to be a 30-second invasion. You can't shut down a team that early in the game. 
if they're only over there for 10 seconds then it might not be everybody could just hide for 10 seconds and be like yeah yeah it's fine it's fine they got first invasion just hide and then they all bank and then they take their first invasion and so what that would do and this is how I phrased it in my other video from probably a year ago now the goal is to keep teams closer together leading up to the boss getting summoned so if you keep people close in proximity and hemisphere of progression yep first invade first invade second invade second invade now is when the battle starts primevals are out invasions last a little bit longer 25 seconds right now they last 30 you know so and and then and then if if you do that then you don't have to overbake the basics of gambit you just have to look at the boss fight and say how can we make the boss fight a little bit more involved and not just a bake fest you've dialed back you've dialed back you know invasion a little bit not much but a little bit and then you you tweak the boss fight you don't overswing on invasions just slightly because like I feel like if you and if your first invade only lasted 10 seconds then you you would be you'd be in a much better situation those first invades would not dictate the flow of the entire match I'm sorry, Final Fantasy. Uh, a $5 tip through Super Chat. Teammates swooping in and stealing moats you created is so annoying. Only you should be able to collect moats you create from kills unless you die. No, I don't agree with that. No. It should give preferential treatment to you. It should give preferential treatment to you for like maybe a second or two. But after that, no, I don't agree with that. Because somebody could go into an area and super it up and then just run away and be like, oh, I'm not getting moats, man. I'm, I'm just killing the ads. It's like, hey, you dummy, you're the only one who can pick up the moats. You could basically landlock a team by going into an area and blowing all the way, the enemies up, and then the moats are, are, are basically landlocked. You don't want to do that. I understand where you're coming from. I think a couple of seconds of being like, you killed them, they're your moats. Maybe you get like a bigger... Um, you know when you play games like Ori and the Blind Forest and you can level up collectibles coming to you? I think you could do that in uh, Hollow Knight as well. Maybe if it's your kill, the moats have more of a magnetism to you and you get like a couple of seconds where other people can't pick them up. But after that, man, that's fair game. People gotta be able to pick up those dadgum moats because sometimes somebody gets 10 and leaves. Right? They'll get 10 and leave and I'm like, what would happen? Bro, you got like four other moats over here. Yeah, nobody can pick them up, just you. You you can't. This would be called um this would fall into the category of micromanaging the player. Uh so I would say if you if you go too too far, you you can over over micromanage and then folks are going to feel like they can't they can't just go in and play. They have to like worry about every every little um you know, thing of, oh, I got to pick up all my moats or my team loses moats. Oh, I ran away and I left some. Nobody can get those now. You see what I'm saying? My friends steal moats. It's brutal. I think there's a better solution for your frustration and your pain point. I think your suggestion is just an overreach that would honestly would probably result in more frustration because then you would play with people, like I said, that they would get their five, ten moats or whatever and they'd leave and you'd have seven, six or seven moats or something just sitting there that nobody can grab. So, 
maybe they thought people would be helping each other or maybe the idea was they were trying to get ahead of mode stealing but it's annoying yeah this is why you have a delay but your teammates can always grab it immediately yeah it doesn't make any sense it gives preferential treatment to your teammates I discovered it actually uh, it's actually intentional or seemingly I've always thought that like I get the kill I run over the moats and there's like a couple of seconds where I can't pick up the moat but my teammates can that happens all the time I think they need to reverse the preference. The preference should be in your favor, uh, not in the other direction. So, um, let's just move to the next question. Good discussion, though. Let's move to the next question. We got a lot still. I believe one of the biggest issues with Gambit is the maps. The invader spawn locations usually have instant sight on the bank or enemy team, all while the sentry player is exposed while dealing with the blockers. So, the first question that we had. Um, um, was about map design. You're approaching it from a very, very different, uh, you know, angle, and I think you're right. So let's talk about it from another angle. So somebody was talking about map design. You're talking about invasion points, and um, thank you so much. I got a, I got build for something. Um, I was using Simplecast. And I went and moved all my podcasts to to, to another to another website. And Simplecast billed me yesterday or the day before for like three podcasts. And I was like, I'm not even using your platform anymore. I went in, I swore I went in and canceled rebilling. And so I deleted the podcast and my account and said, hey, look, can I get a refund? I, 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 I just deleted my account. I just paid for a year that I'm not, that I can't use. And they, they did it. That, that's good on good on them for doing that they could have been like no sorry it already hit but uh they issued the refund that's really that's really cool of them to do that my wife's like just email them um usually they'll you know especially since i did it within the day that it happened um so you're attacking this from the idea of where the invader lands and this is a this is a two-sided coin if the invasion positions are compromised for the invader then that becomes a problem everybody knows where they're coming in they had to change some of the locations because you could literally get into like a high point and just watch and literally snipe them as they spawn um when queen breakers was kind of a problem everyone was just watching invasion points uh uh the worst for invaders is the forest I uh, can't remember the name. So many trees and rocks, lots of cover. They also need to add barriers to maps or some way to stop people from just killing themselves to avoid the invader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, what do you, if, if, if you're doing that, I mean, who cares? You're, that doesn't do anything, especially if you have moats. Um, I would think if you did something with the relics, okay? So let's say you pick the melee relic you would spawn further away uh, from the enemies right because you have a overshield and you have melee and you can't spawn right on top of them you know that would kind of be absurd okay if you choose the rocket you know relic you would spawn a little bit closer to the enemies um, so that you have an you have an opportunity to almost immediately engage in combat and they try and shoot you down and then the sniper relic you would need to put in cover um, but maybe in a way that's more adjacent to the current uh, you would base it off of like the current enemy spawns 
so if the enemies are spawning if the if the map is like a pyramid you know abc if drill is c and that upper area is a and the water area is b right um if if that's the way that it is you would want to be adjacent so if, if snipers are always spawning, you know, directly laterally from you, that's giving them like a huge, huge, you know, advantage. So maybe if it's adjacent, it makes it a little bit harder for the sniper to get angles, you know. Um, I mean, it's an issue during the boss phase. You can't heal their primeval. Oh. I thought all deaths during primeval healed the primeval, though. Even if the primeval kills you, well, then they would just need to reprogram that. So that if you do that, it's healing the primeval. Um, so again, I want to attack this from a more, a more, you know, zoom out. Okay. Yeah. Coming in and invading is, is like a problem, but if I zoom out and say, let's change the nature of invasion so that when someone comes in and they choose the sword relic, you're not like, oh yeah, the sword relic guy, he always spawns in a really, really advantageous spot. It's super annoying, right? On the other side, you also can't have him 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 spawn in, and he's immediately compromised, and he gets killed. He gets knocked out right away. It's it's there's two sides to the coin, and you got to be really really careful with it. Uh, Darksider bounties or quests often are count uh, counterproductive, and invaders being too influentials uh, is a rebalance of invader set with sunsetting. And change a bounty quest objective is enough. Okay. So, the adjustments to bounty quests as far as, you know, making them, adjusting XP, right? That's the only promise that we have from Bungie. I would say from a design standpoint, they need to reevaluate some of the Gambit bounties and get rid of some of them. Uh, like, you know, 15 moats and some of the other ones. I don't, I'm not familiar with all of them, but... The other thing is that you're saying rebalancing the invader set with sunsetting and basically get this, you know, the invader set out of here. Is that going to fix it? I, I, I don't know. Right. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to fix it. I, is, is that the real issue with invasion or did the invader set make an existing problem worse beneath the invader set is an existing problem. It's, there's an existing problem there. And the existing problem is invasion is insanely influential and you just made invaders stronger. So that's why I would, that's why I would say you have to tune one of those knobs, how strong the invaders are, how often they can invade, how influential it is over the flow of the map. You've got to tune one of those knobs, not all of them. I don't think the invader set is the leading cause of the pain. I think the primary source of pain is invasion in and of itself. Yixel. What are your thoughts about the armor sets for Gambit Prime, and do you think that they could play a role in fixing Gambit if they're revamped in some way? You guys know that I'm usually in favor of refining a system rather than getting rid of it. In this particular situation... I think it's not worth the effort because of how difficult it would be to fine-tune the four armor sets. I think it would be easier to just get rid of them and organize the mode around itself rather than 
and here's here's what I mean the mode itself I believe is inherently flawed at some of its levels and I know people might disagree with me on that statement but let me make my argument the premise of my argument is that the mode is inherently flawed so adding layers of complexity and power on top is too much trouble for what it's worth I believe Gambit needs to be refined at its core and then after you do that maybe then later you could come in with armor sets and 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 things like they tried to do I think they laid a new layer on top of a cracked foundation I I think that the mode itself it if the mode like the mode itself is inherently flawed then the sets just magnify some of those problems I think the invader set being the primary one the primary offender um, I'm not saying remove them Darkwing Duck I think they'll naturally get sunset won't they so it, I don't think it's a punt well it might be a punt it might be like a punt okay when we get the ball back we'll try again like I said I think that the I think that the, the, the core you know tenants and build of, of Gambit needs to be tuned and fixed before you start trying to lay that on top of it um, you know it's like when my son's building with Legos. He doesn't get it. He's he's four. So he doesn't know how to build a strong foundation. So he builds towers and he builds guys. He builds monsters, right? He tries to build the monsters from Breath of the Wild out of these Legos. And they're, you know, they're Duplos. And he's, he's terrible at building a good foundation. So he always gets so high up and the whole thing just falls apart. He tries to like add an eyeball and and he as he pushes on it the whole thing crumbles that's what gambit is to me it's this badly designed foundation and when you try and add anything on top of it i feel like the game mode starts to crumble even more um so i that like the invader set just seems absurdly silly in light of all of the complaints people had about invasion leading up to prime and that set being created um so it, it to me when I watch my son build with Legos that's what Gambit looks like to me it looks like a shaky foundation with a bunch of stuff on top that's barely holding on trim it down get you know let those let those let those armor sets naturally get sunset reassess your foundation get the mode into a better place and then later come back and say okay now that the foundation is more sturdy we can add on these armor sets on top and we understand where they're plugging in and what influence they can have. You know what I mean? Poor, poor Gambit lead being compared to a kid. You know what I'm saying. I'm not comparing them to a kid. I'm giving you a visual of a shaky foundation. I just... I think they play tested it in a curated environment. And it was the wrong way to do it. And I think this is what always happens <clears throat> with new content. Until we get our hands on it, they don't necessarily know what we're going to do. I don't think anybody would have predicted that Sleeper would have been a god-tier weapon in a PvP environment. Would you have ever guessed that? I wouldn't have. If they had me play that mode, I would have been like, yeah, people will probably gravitate to snipers because you got wall hacks, you know, and an overshield, and you gotta stay far back. I don't think anybody would have ever imagined that Sleeper or the Queenbreaker would become a problem. And so I think they tried it in a curated environment, and so it's like, this is great in this environment, right? My, my son's Legos are great 
until he moves them. It's like, oh, that's a great, oh, so creative, you did such a good job, buddy. And then he tries to pick it up or apply any pressure to the top of it, and it all falls apart. Again, in the right conditions, in the right environment, you might look at what my son created and be like, wow, that's tall, that's cool, that's a really good job. The minute you move it, the minute, the minute you try to have any elasticity with it, it all falls to pieces. So... Um, I used to play Sentry. I ended up using my own armor and exotics to take down the invader. They always saw me first at the bank. Right. Our community is really good at finding out the easiest path. I think I think gaming communities in general are good at that. Because <laughs> we're humans, man. That's what humans do. We find the path of least resistance. Hitman uh, says, do you ever see Gambit simply getting replaced or retired eventually? And if it did, would you want another PvP, PvE mix, or maybe something that's PvE competitive and not with invasions? Well, first and foremost, I am never going to campaign for its removal, but I would not shed a tear if it got removed, especially considering they've retired, they're retiring four planets and the entire Leviathan in November. So... If 2021 rolls around and Bungie's like, listen, Gambit's been in the game for a while. We're going to we're gonna retire it. We're going to put in the DCV with plans to bring it back at another time. I wouldn't shed a single tear. I think my question would be, are you supplanting it with anything? Because there's lots of people that play it every day. You know, there are people that play it every single day. And I don't want them suddenly feeling like, man, their thing that they like to do is just gone 200,000 people played Gambit yesterday alright 440 played Crucible so half of the Crucible audience's size daily size is in Gambit every day I, I, I don't know that's a lot of folks so I'm never going to campaign for its removal because that's a pretty good number you know what I mean 200,000 look how long it's been in the game that's insane to me. 440,000 people, you know, half a million folks, close to half a million folks log in to play to, to, to play Crucible, and then about half of that logs in to play Gambit. I don't know, man. I don't think removing it is a good idea. Now, that right there is the same logic that I apply to. You cannot completely remake Gambit because you're going to frustrate that audience at the risk of not gaining any new folks. If and I'm not saying they would stop playing Destiny entirely. I think Darkwing's in chat being, um, you know, a little hyperbolic. But there are people who would be like, that was kind of what I like to do. I don't have as much to do now. They would play less. I don't think every single person would just throw their hands up and quit. But the risk would be they would play less. The play mo- the playlist would shrink. That would hurt matchmaking and lag. And then guys like me would be like, yeah, it's still Gambit. I'm not really interested. You know? MG Avenger. Do you think a game mode that has no invasions and focuses more on summoning enemies and nuisances could be a good way to mitigate the issues with invading? Okay, so this is where I'm happy to entertain this idea, but I think if you did this, the Gambit crowd would be like, this isn't Gambit anymore. I argued for PvE Tetris. So, when you bank your moats, you could decide at that moment to send something, deny something, or give something to yourself. So it would be a it would need to only apply to you as a player because if not, how do you have randoms making decisions about that? So if I go over and I know I can bank these moats 
and I can lower the um, maybe I can nerf their moat payout by 2.5% so when they go to bank moats they get less and it slows them down a little bit or I can get myself a multiplier less moats for them or more moats for me right or I can send something over send over an enemy or a blocker or a moat like a light eater knight you can have like a moat grabber like a little screeb that just runs around on the ground and it's pretty tanky he's like he's like gobbling up moats right it would be like pve tetris i would decide i think these perks buffs debuffs or enemy units are the best strategy now obviously teams could really organize no 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 no. let dave grab them all dave's gonna send over xyz or let me grab them all i'm gonna do this thing you know see what i'm saying so here's the thing though number one that's super complex it could get incredibly exploited and snowball in the same way that this current mode does and then the people that love Gambit would be like, this isn't Gambit anymore. There's no invasion. That was part of the identity of Gambit. It's what made Gambit Gambit. And they would spend an, a ton of time building this. This is super complex. We're talking about balancing an entire econ system in Gambit that you could basically nerf the other team or buff your team or, or send certain units. Now, when I originally saw the concept for Gambit instituted send over a blocker that's what i pictured in my mind was essentially destiny pve tetris you're working on something they're working on something and if you do this something in a particular way you're sending over certain items or blockers or enemies or whatever and that could be really really enjoyable i think this is incredibly unlikely you know this is incredibly unlikely uh it 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 would it would more than likely turn into apply the formula everyone bank and send this debuff everyone bank or send and send this buff and then melt the boss yeah everybody banks for the buff 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 more moats more moats more moats here comes the boss melt the boss boom it would you would you would you you run the risk here of just whittling the game mode down even more than it already is it's very much apply the formula bank moats, invade first, send over somebody with Xeno, or a good sniper, get kills, come back, invade again, the other team is insanely behind you, melt boss, wash, rinse, repeat, you know? So, you would you would flatten the game out into its PvE elements and its PvE core, and fundamentally it would no longer look like Gambit. Now, the, you know, the, the other aspect of this is well, why not just have a completely different game mode that is, you know, competitive in nature or something? People trying to do things in PvE against each other. I, I, I The way the Destiny combat and completions go, do you remember when they had the... You remember when they had the timer thing you could do for Challenge of Elders? Uh, or it was like a... Um, I think it was... Um, it was in Challenge of Elders, and it was a point competition. They had a leaderboard every week in the TWAB. And basically, after the second or third week, every week they were just awarding people and, and basically putting people's names in lights who were just cheesing Challenge of Elders' point system. So, I, <laughs> I, I never want to say 
oh, we shouldn't do this really good idea because the community would just cheese it. And I never want to legislate to that, but I'm kind of like, oh, come on, man. People would just cheese this. <laughs> do you see? I, I, don't, I don't think there's room for PVE competitions other than day one raid races because nobody knows anything and contest modifier makes it equal. You know, contest modifier makes it equal. Think about if they would have launched Gambit with curated loadouts as like a weekend activity. Now, people might have hated the curated loadouts, but still, hang with me here. Then a meta still would have emerged, and the purest time for that Gambit game would have been like the first weekend or two. Look at what happens to raids. It's pure, and it's a contest, and it's intense that first weekend. And then after that, it's a joke. Everyone steamrolls it. You know, not everyone, but you know what I'm saying. Like the high level players, the organized teams, they just steamroll it. So if you came up with a PVE contest in a game like this, where you'd go head to head against other people in strikes or or whatever, more than likely you're just gonna have it be a pure competition the first weekend or two, and then after that it's just cheese fest. I mean, imagine right now what you would do to race teams in a raid or a strike. You would basically do everything you can to cheese and bypass as much as you possibly could. And I just, by the time they implement that and roll that out, I'm like, you could have rolled out some other great content loop. This is not needed. It just, I don't think this game needs some form of PvE competition or leaderboards. I just, I don't think it fits. It just leads to Cheeseville. And I'd rather have them innovating and developing, you know, better loot intentionality and loot generosity and, you know, boons that make good items drop in the world. So I stop getting all my gear in the tower. And that's what I, you know, I'm saying I would rather them spend time on that. Boards. How much of Gambit's issue is because uh, people on the I hate Gambit uh, party train and how you can get players of the less of that less than useful mindset. Well, oh, sorry, holy moly, I hit the mic. Um, I, I don't think you can target people that have decided they don't like a game mode, right? You, you know how that is. People all the time tell me. People all the time tell me they're like, Lono, you could go into such and such activity and it's more effective than going where you're going. And I'm always like, yeah, I know. I don't care. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. I don't like going there. I don't like going and using Shuro Chi. I don't like going into the Whisper Taken room. I don't like that area. I don't. Um, I don't think you can convince people to like something that they don't like. It's really, really hard to do that. Hey, you know, we know a lot of you guys don't like Gambit and we're really going to try and get you to come over and enjoy it. They already do that with the milestones, and in some respects, it makes people dislike Gambit even more. It, so, the only answer I'll give you here that is that is potentially worth worth doing is dope loot and good loot intentionality. If you did that, then even guys like Lono would go into Gambit for a little while. You see, like I'm never going in there. I don't give a rip. People are like, well, you could get a spare rations to drop. Shut up. I'm not going in the gamut for a chance at a spare rations. I'm going to drag my face against sandpaper, hoping my scratch-off you know, gives me a million dollars. I'm not doing that. Like, <laughs> no, absolutely not. 
But if you said, Lono, there's literally a bounty for the spare rations, and you can and you can get the spare rations to drop while that bounty or that boon is active, just go run Gambit. I might be like, oh, well, you know. Again, uh, spare rations isn't the best example because it's kind of going away. But if you put dope loot in there, and I know I can go grind and get said loot, then now we're talking. Now we're cooking with gas. Like, now I'm going to consider this, you know, hey, this is worth doing. This is worth going and uh, engaging with because I can get XYZ piece of loot. Astrovir. Playing with a different objective than winning the game spoils the game mode, but is sometimes necessary for triumphs and bounties, especially if you're trying to get the Reckoner title. Is there a solution to this problem? Yeah, developers and businesses of games need to stop making objectives that are antithetical to the mode they're attached to. It's that friggin' simple. I've never, I've never understood that. They did that in Titanfall when you wanted the prestige. You had all these stupid challenges you had to do and they were totally antithetical to the game modes and the game flow of Titanfall. So you would have guys on your team that were not helping and sitting in corners and waiting to get certain, you know, certain, you know, video, like, like checklists going. And when they got that checklist done, they were like, Yay, I prestige now. Meanwhile, there are terrible... There were videos on this, by the way. They were a huge detriment to your team. It's like, this guy's not even helping. And so if you're gonna if you're gonna go that route of having bounties and objectives, quests and triumphs for game modes like Gambit, then that should always be the question. Is this antithetical to the, to the mode itself? <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. You don't really want people doing this. Okay, well, we need to retool that. Now, some of it might be hive mind metagaming dictating what's good and bad. So going for 15 modes. In concept, that seemed like, yeah, you want to send a big blocker. In practice, no, it's better to send a bunch of mediums or smalls or whatever. Um, whatever the current strategy is, I've not played in a long time. When I was doing it, it was like best to send the mediums. For a while, it was best to spend the, send the smalls because they had like the shield and they were more pesky or something. So if, if I'm, if I'm designing that stuff, everything needs to be more synergized. The, the bounties need to be synergized with the strike modifiers for that week. The gunsmith bounties need to be synergized with the, with the flashpoint that week and bounties and gambit should be synergized with the game mode. hundred percent. LL Brood. Whenever I play Gambit with a well-coordinated team, it's so much fun. People know what they should and shouldn't be doing. How can you make solo Gambit like this? Gambit Prime was a try with the armor, but the armor just doesn't lock you in. Is it possible? This is where, if they trim it down to one mode, this is what I would do. If you trim it down to one mode, that funnels all the players together, and then you could say, we don't need a... Um, a solo playlist but you would rigidly apply matchmaking as if it were a solo playlist you would really really try and keep solos with solos and stacks with stacks now within reason you don't want stacks sitting in orbit for forever because all the solos are getting pulled into you know solo matches but I think that's one of the only ways you solve this problem it's a game that is literally built around working together. It's like the, it's like PVE's version of Trials, kind of. If you're working together, 
and communicating. I, the other team doesn't have a, a chance. They don't have a prayer. Um, and so I wouldn't create a solo playlist and a non-solo playlist. I would say we need to rigidly apply matchmaking, you know, uh, preferences to really make sure solos are most often playing in solos and stacks are playing in stacks. Now, obviously, if there's people in there in parties of two and three, you can't get mad if you get thrown into a game against a three stack because solos have got to fill in some of those those uh, those empty spots. You can't completely slice off solos from the from the game mode. That wouldn't work because then you would have all these half parties and three person parties getting completely stranded with nobody to fill the gaps because everyone would be like oh if I'm playing solo I am definitely going into the solo playlist and you would you would I think you would ultimately hurt uh, the the game the game modes you know efficiency and getting people in the matches Raris as a solo player playing the contact event is so much fun and then I go into Gambit and it's a slog fest of the blueberries not knowing what to do uh, in other words how do you think Bungie could make Gambit more or less like the contact event well I mean you you're kind of asking them to make the contact public event which is meant to be like public space easy accessible and Gambit's not necessarily meant to be that way um now you would think that matchmaking would help, right? Because you're not just wandering through a gambit match. You literally went and clicked on it and you know what game mode you're going into. So you think that that would be a natural filtering process to get people in there that know what in the world's going on. Um, contact should be the new gambit mode. I mean, you could, you could make it the new gambit mode, but you got to understand, can you imagine running the contact mode with invaders? Cause that would be an element that's not there. <laughs> Think about that. Right now, one of the reasons a blueberry that's playing poorly in Gambit is so frustrating is he takes away moats from your team. A bad player in Gambit gets 13, 14 moats and then gets domed like a dummy because he's refusing to bank. Runs all the way across the map, past the bank, because he needs one or two more moats. Put those in the machine, bro. That's just not happening nearly as often in the contact public event. They're more than likely being protected by the mass amount of people in the area that are just killing everything, and then they can just get as many moats as they want in bank. And so a, a blueberry or a bad player in contact, it's not a noticeable detriment. Oh man, that guy just literally lost 13 moats because he's being stubborn and working on some stupid bounty, you know? Um, so if you suddenly turned Gambit into the contact public event, you would suddenly realize, oh, wow, some of these people are awful and losing lots of moats. Yeah. And then you have the ball duping. You'd have to remove that mechanic (laughs) or patch it. (laughs) So agent Atwood, when new light is released, Gambit and Gambit prime will be merged into one game mode. Do you believe Gambit will be like basic Gambit or prime once merged? I think they're going to go more towards Prime because I think Prime was the attempt to evolve uh, the boss fight and also it removes the sudden death stuff. It's just quicker. Um, you know, it, it, it the sudden death is broken with Shards of Galanor and, and, and Blade Barrage and three rounds is a lot to ask of people. 
Um, so I think it's going to become Prime. I think Prime was the one. I think Prime is um, where they want to take the mode. You know, one round, more mechanics in the boss fight to hope to limit baking. That you know, th- there, there's a variety of things that I feel like they tried to do with Prime that they're not going to just oh yeah, just walk it back. It, at the very least, they might mash them together and somehow and and let Prime have more of an influence. I think they'll let the uh, the armor, the prime armor sets, d- get sunset. So they'll be they won't be infusible, which means when you go into the mode, you don't want to wear them. You'll the, the power will be set above that to naturally get people to not wear them. They're not gonna like disable them or get rid of them. They'll just sunset them. That's my prediction. Necrogen. What do you think about modifiers to spice up the game rules? Perhaps Bungie could implement a voting system. An example would be small arms with a higher moat count. Or, or, I like this, you know, or you could um, do modifiers that rotate week to week so that it's just different week to week. Just to spice it up, make it a little bit more like laid back. Maybe shake up, maybe shake up the damage phase. This week, you know, grenade launchers are stronger against primevals. And you're like, oh, and then people try out different metas. So Xeno meta or whatever, what, you know, guillotine meta suddenly kind of disappears for a little while. This is actually, I think this is a great suggestion. You could have rotating modifiers that aren't voted on. So week to week, Gambit's a little different. You don't have a meta that settles in. You have different strategies and builds that, you know, people can kind of mess around with. And people that like Gambit probably wouldn't care. They'd be like, yeah, I like that. I'll mess around with that or that build or these burns or whatever. Um, You know, suddenly there's um, arc, you know, arc missile titans everywhere because like arc supers are given a buff or something like that. Or chaos reach is everywhere, you know. Necro takes the gold on Q&A today. I actually, you know, it's funny. We've talked about Gambit so many times. This might be the first time someone suggested modifiers. Um, Voting on the modifiers, maybe, but it would probably just be easier from Bungie's perspective to literally just have them rotate week to week. Um, And I think that could be, that could be really, really fun. That could dial back the the sweat metagaming nature of it. Like, run this, run this, only run this. Um, and it might create, like, oh, no, this week's totally different, man. It's crazy. People are running this grenade launcher. It's dumb, dude. It decimates the boss. And then the next week, it's something totally different. You know, it just keeps things fresh. You know? You're in for a shock when Gambit moves into public spaces. I know there were rumors about that, about like Bungie entertaining dark zone areas where, you know, people could, you know, attack you, PVEVP areas and stuff. I just really, really doubt that that's going to be a thing. Um, and man, I, you think it's going to happen? If I put money on the table, I'm saying, I'm saying no, there's no way they do that. That's a tough one. That's a tough one for me. To see coming uh, into fruition um, because it would fundamentally change the feeling of destiny from the public space being like super super you know laid back casual no no sweat you're, you're doing whatever you want you're just running around to suddenly being like man oh man this is an absolute it's so frustrating 
um, Dark Zone became a troll grief center. Listen, people will grief the like. Listen, in Destiny, people will literally grief the spawn rate of an enemy because they know you're working on a bounty. It's happened to me since D1. They know that you're coming to a particular spot to kill captains or whatever the frick, and they will stand in the the spawn point to grief you getting a bounty done. I don't know. Putting putting PvEVP in more places in Destiny, I'm telling you right now, the griefing and the trolling would be absurd. Yeah, that's why everybody runs Lost Sectors. They'd be like, I'm not going into that part of the game. That is awful. That is terrible. <laughs> I'm just getting absolutely spawn griefed. I, I love, right? I love Destiny and I love Bungie, but I don't think they have the, the developmental prowess to pull that off. I, just look at Gambit as an example of, I don't know if they necessarily understand what we're going to do with our power when they unwield it, you know? I wouldn't be surprised if after Lightfall we get certain areas that have PvEVP. I wouldn't rule everything out. That's a long way away, Wheezy. They could dramatically change the game and have certain aspects of it where that would be totally separate. Maybe that would be what they ultimately replace Gambit with. Gilly and the Mist. Do you think tweaking invading kills to keep players uh, to keep the player modes but put them on a longer respawn could improve Gambit while still keeping invading an important mechanic? So now is when we're getting into the specifics. And this is one suggestion that we see quite often. Um, you don't lose all of your modes. You lose half of your modes. You get to keep all your modes, but your respawn timer is kind of high. Uh, I think ultimately... The challenge here would be the influence of invasion would still be strong, as would the rhythm. So they could just do the double invade. You were dead. You're back. You don't have time to get to the. You don't have time to get to the the bank, right? Maybe an iteration of this to keep teams from to keep teams from getting absolutely steamrolled. If you're carrying ten moats and they kill you, half of your moats automatically get deposited, and the other half are gone. So the invader is taking moats away from you, but not setting you completely back on your, on your heels. It's like, oh, I had 15 and only seven got banked. Shoot. You would still have to overcome that. It would still force you to lose your footing and you would be behind. They would probably still be able to double invade because it would slow your team down and they wouldn't be able to counter invade. You know, they get they keep you from getting to your first 25. If they keep you from getting to your first 25 and they hit 50, that's usually where things go really really poorly for the other team. Um so it, your idea spawned my idea. Again, we're all trying to get the same result. You're trying to lower that influence. Your suggestion falls into the influence of invasion. It's so influential. I die and all my moats are gone. And by the time I get back out there and start killing ads and start getting moats, the invaders right back over again. You know, it's like deja vu. The last, uh, Kokoi says, do you think changing the invasion to a 1v1 PvP style where Drifter randomly chooses one person from each team, you get a 10 second timer to bank moats before being sent off would work? Oh, so like you get told it's going to be you with like an on-screen glow and you have time to go bank your moats. Well, we could take my auto banking suggestion here and you yank somebody out and it auto banks their moats for them, you know, so you don't lose their moats because they're selected and then they get to duke it out or, or 
there's there's their moats get put into like a it's like a gamble right because drifter's all about gambling you get that your 10 goes in their their 10 goes in maybe whenever you invade you initiate this fight you have to spend like a minimum of 10 moats right so you spend your 10 and that guy you know you take 10 from their bank maybe not from the not from the, the people running around right you take 10 from their bank and it's a wager now whoever wins gets the 20 you see so now it's a risk do you want to invade you think you got the chops to win because you're putting 10 of your moats on the line you could win 10 of their moats or you could decide it's not worth it you don't want to gamble you know you're like no 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 no. i don't want to give them 10 moats you suddenly make you suddenly make invading a gamble and not like a a, 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 an absolute two by four to the other team's face, you know? <laughs> it's like, all right, you know, all right, hot shot, your moats are on the line, get in there and fight. And it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, we're actually, you know, creating this gambling aspect. And if you're really, really good, then, you know, invading having an actual risk, sign me up. That could be another really, really good iteration on the idea that invading should not be. Godzilla showing up and if he stomps on you you're decimated in the city's burned to ashes and you're like well we lost that game they had a good strong first invade you know nothing is worse than the double bow crowd that flood gambit that's why I quit the mode what double bow what are you talking about yeah risk reward mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it fits with the theme of, of the drifter and gambling and 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 you know putting up or shutting up like that idea that you know and you could decide to put more in you know all right we got a low wager hot shot just five moats let's see what you got you know this guy's bold 15 moats and and then you're taking a greater risk and you could potentially get a greater payout you leave it up to the player whatever they put in when they invade is the wager and if they win the fight then you know they win the wager but if they lose you're giving moats to the other team you know the exotic heavy bow and a primary bow oh really hmm mr farugal um off topic i had i have an ssc on xbox one x do you think it'd be okay to have an opt-out option for cross play between generations i don't want uh, I don't w- want to wait on people unloaded anymore. <laughs> I'm not answering you. Ashen Hollow. Should invaders be targetable by the enemy AIs? Maybe to deal reduced damage but still harass them. I mean, this could certainly y- y- this could certainly help. This could certainly help because you could you could make it a little bit more pay attention. They just get to kind of stand there and blend in especially during the boss fight when they come roaming around the boss and the and the primeval and the all the enemies you know they're it could it could certainly help with that but this is super specific so like i said i want to zoom out and make bigger changes first and then maybe maybe this would help if the enemy targeted them they'd get nuked well he said they would deal reduced damage it'd be more of a harassment like slowly chisel away against their shield or something but a lot of times wheezy there's no enemies nearby at all you're up on some cliff there's nothing nearby you're sniping and xenophasing it up you know 
Oki. How about more interesting primevals? Maybe an old escalation protocol or a menagerie boss? I can get behind this. I said what I think is the most likely outcome of everything that they're doing is that you would see an annual update both to loot, maps, and boss fights, but I would not expect changes to Gambit more often than that, and I wouldn't expect them to be significant. I think they're going to wind this up like a like a like a toy and it's just a mode that runs for 12 months with, you know, changes here and there. I don't think it'll ever be center stage for a season or a DLC. I don't think it's good enough for it. Hunter. It's hard to structure this as a question, but I'll try. Invasions are a problem. We need more control over the portal and different styles of invasions. Snipers don't get wall hacks, swords, invis. So this is basically right in line with my relic idea. So you wouldn't have to worry about nerfing and buffing exotics or weapons. You would invade and you you pick a relic. You pick a scorch cannon, some type of a sniper relic, because it's not your sniper. It's a relic that is like literally a sniper. And then like a sword relic. And they each come with different benefits. One has more shields and wall hacks than the other, depending on what you ask the player to do with it. So maybe you get really good with the Scorch Cannon Relic, but your buddy's really good with the Sniper Relic. And they each come with different perks. And if one's too strong or too weak, Bungie would then make changes to the relics themselves, as opposed to being like, Queen Breaker, nerf. Sleeper, nerf. This exotic, nerf. Like that, nerf. Like, you're playing nerf whack-a-mole. So we're always going to find something that makes invasion stupidly easy. So if you change the nature of invasion to center around relics that have certain rules, perks, and benefits, then the relics themselves could be designed from the ground up to be just a balanced invader and then you choose the one that you think is the best or the one that you like the most or maybe on certain maps the sniper's really good but on other maps the sword one's really good because the maps are different you know the titan map is probably hard to snipe it's a lot of areas and corridors to hide a lot of buildings in the way so maybe on the titan map you pick the sword relic but then you get on the open nessus map and you're like nah sniper relic is lovely here i i think you're on to it i i think that that would that would end the debate about weapons being OP or broken or stupid. You would just, no, you can't even use weapons as an invader. And and then if something is insanely strong, Bungie's not reaching into your favorite weapon pool, exotic pool, whatever. They're being like, no, the sniper relic is too strong. We're dialing it back, you know? But then do relics negate the power level of the invader? I have no idea, homie. They would, they would obviously design it with that in mind. Small King. Should each season of Gambit be better uh, if they had a seasonal weapon that can drop based on the boss? Similar to killing the Taken Servitor in order to get the exotic hand cannon. We touched on this. Somebody said, you know, how do you get people to go in there? How do you get people to stop hating on it? And it's like, yeah, put loot in there. I mean, maybe that, that would be a way of doing it. A gun every season. I mean, if that amounts to, you know, what would that be? Um, how many seasons you get? What is it? It's four. It's four. And then a whole, a whole year is four seasons, right? So that's four weapons. I, I don't know. That seems relatively minor as a request. And you could leave the old ones in there, right? If you didn't get it in the first season. So you could do the same thing with crucible and the Vanguard one weapon a season, you know, four guns a year to, to revitalize those player base, those player pools. Do you think, uh, this is from Bauer, do you think if we limit invaders to one per player so the invade has to be more strategy-based, it could be helpful, change to create some form of balance? I, this sounds great, but as soon as I start thinking about it, I'm like, no, this sounds terrible. Because then you'd be like, 
Okay, I invaded. Is anybody else going to invade? No? Nobody's going to invade. Great. We're not invading. Come on. Invade. I don't want to invade. I bank moats. I don't want to invade. I don't like going over there. I like to save my heavy and supers for the boss fight. Well, come on. Somebody invade. I don't think you can do this. This is micromanaging. And whenever you micromanage, it was like somebody earlier saying, people shouldn't be able to pick up my moats. That's going to lead to those similar frustrations. Hey, come back. You didn't pick up all your moats. Nobody can get these now. What are you doing? You know? So it's like the minute I press on your idea, I see a big problem with it. I'm like, ooch, it cracked. There's a crack. There's a flaw right here. You're gonna have you're gonna have teams that like nobody invades because that one guy goes over and uses his invade and now nobody invades. You know, um, so this is similar to when people are like, oh, just randomly choose an invader. Okay, well, what if I'm in the middle of doing moats or I don't want to go or I'm not I'm not outfit I'm not built to invade. I don't, I don't think you can do that either. Just randomly select the invader and throw him over. Um, I don't think that's good either. You know. Uh, Dracus Pander. I play and I enjoy Gambit. Uh, please don't think less of me. No, that's fine. I was defending your player pool a little bit ago. Why, why I don't think they can jettison the game mode from the game. How do you feel about invasions being available only to the team that's trailing in moats or boss health? So, now you're playing Mario Kart and I want to slap you. <laughs> you spiny shell son of a gun. Like, no, I don't think this is the answer either. This is rubber banding to a T and could easily be manipulated. You could basically let the other team pull ahead and then invade to set them back. Like, invading would essentially be that blue shell at the finish line. So I don't think this is a good solution either. You're creating... Rubber banding was already a problem in the first year when it came out, and they, they minimized some of it. Rubber banding is extremely frustrating. There was literally people that played from behind. Rubber banding is still present, but it was way worse initially. There were people that would intentionally play from behind because rubber banding was so extreme. Um, yeah, the catch-up mechanic was awful, and they, they minimized it because it was literally creating an antithetical strategy. People were going into Gambit, playing it in the wrong way in order to abuse the catch-up mechanic. And I think you would create the same thing here. It's just a blue spiny shell that you can pull out at will, and I don't think that would be a good idea. So I think the, the intention in the heart of what you're saying is like, that sounds pretty good. You minute you try to put it into practice, the car falls apart. It's like, uh-uh, this doesn't have wheels. This would get abused too heckin' back, you know? It would be really, really abused. Mac 88 Could the invader killing the other team's enemies and thus slowing their collection of moats be the answer? Less annoying to both sides. So, the invader killing the other team's enemies... Oh, so I come over and try and kill a bunch of your enemies. See, what you're doing is you are completely reinventing invasion, which we've come up with all sorts of ideas for reinventing invasion. I had one where you would come over and you would a random ball would appear. And as the invader, you'd have to go get that ball and slam it on the bank. Okay, but nobody can kill you and you can't kill anybody else. They can shoot you to slow you down. So when you get shot, it like stuns you. It's like a suppression field from like a wizard, right? And so if you slam the ball on their on their uh, on their bank, it steals moats, you know, ten moats or something. Nothing extreme. So that was one idea I had on like just completely reinvent invasion. But the problem with that is, and the problem with what you're suggesting 
is I believe you're fundamentally changing what people love about Gambit. People love invading and getting kills. It's just, it's too strong, too influential, and too central to the mode, so it needs dialed back. I'd rather dial it back than completely reinvent it. Because you could do this, and then people would come over with heavy and have like the, what is it, the Wardcliffe coil, and the influence of invasion would be purely RNG based. Oh, they gotta go all the way across the map and kill ads to slow you down. And when they do that, you know, it, I just don't know. I think this has a lot of potential problems. Um, I mean, they could absolutely annihilate an entire section and then everybody would just go to the next section. They use their super on a section. They kill a bunch of ads and you're like, oh, we can't get those moats. Would that really do anything? You would just go to the next area. It would slow you down by a mere, you know, maybe seconds. If anything, it might not slow you down at all. If you're running across from Drill and some guy spawns, and I guess he couldn't kill them all. He'd kill a lot of them. I guess that would be your pushback. If if you if if, if you're defending this idea, you'd say it's unlikely they're going to kill all of them. So then you would show up to that next section, and you there would be less enemies to kill, less moats. I don't dislike the principle of your idea, but I think that the fans of Gambit would ultimately reject this idea and say, you are changing the game too much. You're changing the, it's a core, it's a, it's a core tenant of the game mode and you're, you're, you're changing too much. Um, even though I would probably agree with this choice and enjoy Gambit more, because then it would be a fun challenge to like try to get over there and kill the invader before he kills a bunch of your enemies. Then it would be more of like a, it would be more of a, an aggressive sort of hunt him down, get rid of him. No, he's using his super. Oh man, he killed a bunch. Instead of what it presently feels like is, oh crap, everyone hide. <laughs> Godzilla is here. Hide behind the buildings. Hide behind cover. Yeah. Yep. I know. It, 30 seconds is a long time. Yep. And the other team's moats just going up. And then, and then he gets a kill, maybe none, leaves. By the time you go to start banking again, they can invade again. Like, I would probably agree with you. Like, yeah, that sounds great. But I would, I, I, again, I worry that the people that enjoy Gambit would be like, you're, you're changing too much of the fundamentals of the game. Instead of refining invasion, you're just, cha- you're creating a new type of invasion. NA Painter. Yes, I'm back. Coming from an enthusiast, I believe the biggest problem with Gambit right now is armaments. Letting an invader always have enough heavy to wipe the team every time, regardless of enemies' thoughts. I address this in the video. Armaments need to be addressed. I think, and you guys know I don't like taking things out of the game. I'd rather make them better. I think armaments just need to go. And I have people like, no, no, I love my armaments. No, I think armaments need to go. I think they're, they're an overswing. They're a remnant of power that we shouldn't have. And I think it's time for armaments to get set, sent down the river. Um, and I probably I probably will make enemies with that statement, but I think if you remove your bias and zoom out on it, I just think armaments, they don't fit. They don't belong. And with our with our grenade uptime builds that we can have, it's, it's, it's broken. Um, it's totally broken. Yeah, like Well of Radiance. Yeah, I think armaments just get them out. I just think get them out of the game. It's a remnant of power that shouldn't exist, just like when Tractor Cannon could buff void damage. That was a remnant of power that we shouldn't really have on an item. Um, and it led to boss nukes that were absurd. Boss nukes are fun, but when they come from something like that, like, again, I'm calling it a remnant of power. 
and we don't we don't need that it, it, it's 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 not adding substance to your build it's just cheesy 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 Armin's is OP in comparison to the heavy ammo finisher you gotta spend half your super to get heavy with that yeah exactly if you think about what heavy ammo finisher communicates to the player is that in Bungie's mind an ammo brick is worth half your super but with grenade uptime and a demolitionist weapon give me a break you're just you have endless heavy it's absurd it costs your grenade oh the horror of having to use my grenade to get ammo endlessly like if if you if you analyze Bungie's decision about taking half your super for an ammo brick and you compare that to armaments it's totally disjointed and dissonant it doesn't belong in the game so and I again I know I'll make enemies people like get this guy out of here this is fun we love it it just it it uh, it doesn't square with where the game is and where I feel the game is going. I think they should just get rid of it. A coup de papa says, "Could we possibly take a hint from MOBAs and change the game mode to be boss on each side, and you get buffs to cross a map while killing ads and players?" Well, I mean, I I like the idea here, but again, I'm going to tell you the same thing I just told you know uh, who was it that wanted to change invasion Mac? I'm going to tell you the same thing I told Mac. You're trying to reinvent the game mode. And even though I might be in support of your choices and your outlook, I don't think they can do it. I don't think they can do it. You're going you're gonna to run the risk of pushing people out that liked it. You're not going to capture new folks because it'll still feel too much like Gambit. And you could potentially kill the game mode. And so even if I, even if I look at it, I'm like, yeah, I agree with you. I would play that. That sounds better. That sounds like a great decision. I fundamentally have to say, I don't think that's the right call. I think the right call is to refine Gambit within its identity, not reinvent its identity. Philbo Laggins. Would it be better for Gambit to embrace a more competitive approach, less randomized invasion timers by allowing players to trigger it, even after summoning the primeval removal of catch-up mechanics? I, I think Darksider was the one that was really pushing for this idea that like normal Gambit and then four and then Gambit Prime could be competitive and you need a fire team and really really you know trim certain aspects of it down and really make it sweaty. I don't disagree with that in principle, but in practice, you're gonna. I just don't think enough people would be going in. Um, to add to my question, just as an example of how to control invasions, like give each team four to six tokens for invasions, something they have to use and can control. Right, see, you're iterating on the philosophy, which I think is good. Yep, make it competitive. Well, what do you do? All right, you give the team a certain number of invasions, and if it's always a, a, four, a four-man team, because you, you would basically say, treat it like trials, right? you got to bring in a full team. Well, obviously, that team's going to be communicating and not not trolling and wasting tokens. I'm going to invade right away. Um, so, yeah, I think you could go down that road. I do not think they're going to do it or can do it. If Bungie's proven any, anything, they are not exactly the kings of creating a competitive environment. Um, they're kind of the kings of the opposite. They're kings of the space magic and the imbalance. It's it's like a... I'm trying to think of an example. It's, it's like when a juggler tries to be a magician. Like, pick one, you know? It's like, they're really good at creating space magic and crazy power and cool supers and awesome stuff, but when it's time to create a competitive environment, their skills in the one side don't serve the other. Does that make sense? Your skills as being an amazing juggler, man, you you think he's really fast with his hands, he'd make a great sleight of hand magician. Maybe not. 
you know? And I think Bungie is so good at creating space magic and power and exotics and builds and all this stuff. And then when they go to try to make competitive environments, they just don't seem to be that great at it. And I would worry they would spend a lot of time trying to wear a hat that doesn't fit their head when building a competitive Gambit. Um, I, I don't know. Gambit Prime felt like that's what it was supposed to be. I think they even said it was supposed to be the sweaty version of Gambit. And it's just not. You know? Maybe it'd be better to embrace a space magic, make Gambit a little bit more like Mayhem. See, now you're cooking with Destiny gas, right? You're buying premium Destiny gas and you're cooking with it. Like, that to me is the is the evolutionary step for the game. They, tr- they literally tried to do a competitive Gambit and Prime is awful. Their iteration on the boss fight is so thoughtless. It's so thoughtless. The Envoy strategy is so dumb you basically bake the envoy and wait you're in the position of power bake the envoy wait there's the invader boom kill him all right well now we do damage completely without any concern about the invader so what you end up doing is you can watch the other team's progression very easily oh yeah they don't have their primeval yet yeah let's kill one more envoy you go boom kill the envoy yep here comes the invader like clockwork boom yep he's dead Oh, he killed some of us? Oh no, what are we going to do? We're going to spawn and go bake the envoy again. Like, the way they tried to iterate on Gambit was not competitive at all. So, again, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to say, you guys are great at space magic, and your greatness at space magic has consistently translated very poorly into competitive environments. And... It's a shame because the the gunplay in Destiny is unmatched, and I would love to see a really, really great Trials competitive version of this game as an arena shooter, but man, oh man, I feel like I'm watching someone... You ever watch those shows like you know, American Gladiators, and you watch somebody try to climb a wall... And you see the counter just timing, the timer counter just ticking down, and they just keep slipping, falling, slipping and falling, slipping and falling. And you just know, as an experienced watcher of American Gladiators, you're like, this high school teacher from Arkansas is not going to get up this wall. They've slipped and fallen too many times, right? I feel like that's what we've done. We've watched Bungie for five years try to create competitive environments, and they've slipped and they've fallen every single time time they get so close and it's just like yeah but you know they make all these changes to the meta or they make all these changes to weapons or ammo economy or whatever i just i'm like why don't you stop doing that and just embrace the magic and i i don't know look at the i, I hate to talk like this but look at the lack of loyalty in the crucible community anyway the minute it's not exactly what they want or exactly what they like or the minutes the the minute morale goes down that side of the player base vacates so fast oh it's the cheating is it because the largest portion of the player base is on playstation and xbox if you take those two and combine them they dwarf the pc community now pc took off like a rocket when it was when it first launched free but there the largest portion of the audience is on a platform where there is no cheating and the PvP community, the minute they're like, yeah, there's nothing worth doing or nothing worth chasing or I'm bored, they vacate. 
So it's like, is it really worth continuing to try to feed a competitive environment to people whose loyalty is so razor thin, so fair weather? I don't know. The PvE community is more tried and true, more seemingly resilient to bad content. If you you look at uh, Season of the Worthy and Drifter, the PvE community just seems far more resilient to bad content and more loyal and and more hooked. I just feel like you need to continue to try to feed them. I don't know. I'm not saying get rid of Crucible. I'm saying get rid of the idea that you can have a competitive environment, you know? At the same time, too much space magic just stops being fun. You say that now, but if Mayhem was always around, it would lose luster real fast. Just jumping space magic into everything doesn't help make it better. Well, sure. That's that's a, that that's called too much of a good thing, right? That was like... um getting weapons at the end of Season of Dawn with Fractaline. That was just too much of a good thing. It was loot from a fire hose. It was stupid, right? So, I would say what Necro had earlier might be the, the right thinking. You just have modifiers that rotate week to week in Gambit and just embrace the space magic. So it's not mayhem all the time. It's, oh, this week it's, it's these modifiers and this week it's that, right? So, if you, if you did similar things to Crucible and... I don't know. I, I'll be honest. I just, I don't think trials will ever get its footing. I don't. I do not think trials will ever get its footing. I hate to say it. It's, it's like this. I don't know. It's like this all-star that got its knee blown out. You know, you watch Friday Night Lights and when Booby Miles gets his knee blown out, it's just like he can't make his turns. He can't cut like he used to he is done he can't play football anymore and that's what i feel like trials is it was like on this rise of oh trials so good and oh look at the potential look at this mode it could be so amazing and then boom it got its knee blown out by trials of the nine and then it tried to jump back in too early bloom another tear of the knee can't move like it used to move i don't think trials will ever be what we want it to be I don't like to be a Debbie Downer, but that's, I feel like Trials is booby miles in Friday Night Lights. Just, sorry, it's its one of them things that happens, and it, it's, it's, it's awesome, we think fondly of it, and we're like, man, if only they could get this right, but I just, I feel like too much has happened for it to ever climb out of the pit that it's in, you know? It's a shame, and I think a lot of bandwidth's gonna be wasted on it. I think a lot of bandwidth's going to be wasted on it. People thought I was crazy when I said remove it for the summer. Okay? I've lost count. I unfollowed most of them. But I lost count of how many Destiny PvP guys were like, I'm done with Trials for now. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. They're all like, it should we just put the, game on, put the game mode on hold. Put it on hold. Put it on hold. Put it on hold. You know? It's like... I, I think more and more people have come over to that team. You know? Of... It, it's not working. It just isn't working. And you're wasting time and bandwidth on it, and it's becoming a blemish on the on the franchise. I said that it would become a blemish in the summer, and it certainly is. It's just it's just in terrible shape. Um, so, right, Wheezy, if you try and play on PC, that's understandable, too. It's Los. Instead of killing another player for Invader, why not prolong the fight like stealing moats out of the bank? It's another idea. It's another idea. We, I think we've kind of, we've kind of, really gone the gamut on suggestions with you know what they could do what they could change i think that's another idea that 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 has potential um but ultimately if you change too much 
I think that's the greater risk. So fundamentally, I think Gambit will stay very close to itself and true to itself and not change that much uh, in year four. And I think that's probably, I don't want to say the right decision. I don't know if there's a right or a wrong decision, but probably the best decision to not spend tons of time trying to reinvent it. Um, If anything, Trials has taught them, it's just sometimes it's not worth spending all this innovation time. Just like leave it be. It's, it, the car is running, okay? Gambit is running. Don't go in and start tinkering too much. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Gambit's not broke. It just doesn't, it just doesn't, it's just not a very good car, in my opinion. But it's getting, it's getting John to, Johnny to work each day, you know? It's going back and forth between, you know what I'm saying? It's getting the job done. I, you want to just go in there and start tinkering with it and start messing with it, you might break it. You know, you might make it worse than it already is. Um... I think Trials has potential if the loot is more plentiful instead of being so stingy. See how the numbers spiked the moment the summoner was win three. Just stop being so stingy. I'm not saying that it can't get to a place where it's a functioning game mode, Wheezy. I just don't think it will ever be this dominant, oh my gosh, what's, I can't wait for this weekend in Trials. It's fallen too far from grace. It's too injured, right? It's... I don't disagree with you. I think it could become a functioning game mode. I just don't think it will ever be thought of the way that we we want it to be, you know? And they also got to if they can't figure out anti-cheat then it, a lot of this is is just is is literal is a literal waste of breath, you know? If you can't figure out anti-cheat, and I mean a real anti-cheat, not whatever they're running in the background. Um if you can't figure that out, then it, it's all it's all pointless discussion. So I'm hoping Microsoft leans in and helps them with, with easy anti-cheat and implementation and helps them learn from whatever they're doing with Halo because Halo is going to be free to play PvP and holy moly that's going to be a, a graveyard of cheaters if they don't have really good and consistently updated anti-cheat because it's the way of the world right now game is free to play then you better have amazing amazing uh anti-cheat so all right we're going to conclude q a but we're going to move on to the vip call-in session so if you're a vip tier or higher get ready for that if you'd like to call in and you're not a vip yet you can pick that now by clicking the join button or typing exclamation point join if you're listening to this elsewhere you can always join patreon if you prefer that over youtube sntrpresents.com sntrpresents.com will allow you to uh, pick a Patreon level and as always if you're listening or liking or watching in the other locations this hits Spotify and Google Play and iTunes uh, you can always come watch at saynotorage.com and as always please like, share, and subscribe thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents this is going to be the VIP call-in sessions after the talk about how to fix Gambit if you're listening to this on Spotify or Google Play or iTunes you can catch SNTR Presents on those platforms or go to SNTRPresents.com to join as a patron through the Patreon or go to SayNoToRage.com for the live streams and click the join button there if you want to become a member they're identical you get the same perks in Discord if you want to take advantage of Q and a vip call-ins or just the emotes those are the ways to support me and do that as always when you're on youtube hit and subscribe and the bell button helps me out immensely so uh i think this might be first time caller uh for cold heart but we have cold heart calling in taking the first up at bat what do you what do you want to talk about today with gambit okay um i'm the uh 
definition of work and lurk. So you probably covered some of this stuff. So please feel free to move on. But the mm-hmm. main thing is um, heavy ammo, I-, I would have to say, would be the main thing. If we, uh, I agree, taking out armaments would be a perfect solution for some of the abuse in uh, yeah. heavy ammo. But the thing I'm, I'm just kind of wrapping my head around is when the sleeper meta was out. Mm-hmm. everybody was complaining about sleeper simulant how it was overpowered and it was ridiculous and mm-hmm. me personally i would like to say i'm i'm an above average gambit player especially when i have my squad mm-hmm. so when people were complaining with sleeper i was like sleeper is not that bad you know just i mean if you guys keep calling for nerfs, something is gonna creep up right under it and be worse and then that's when we got queen breakers mm-hmm. and that got nerfed and then we got you know truth and now xenophage so mm-hmm. j- just heavy ammo do you think gambit maps should be maybe a little bit smaller so you don't have to rely on long range weapons like that because you really can't fight somebody with a long range weapon in a sense like it it just makes it a lot difficult i want to get your thoughts on that yeah we we did have a map question but it was very different they basically said that the maps are really open and there's not enough cover and they wanted the maps to get more like narrow and dense you're wanting to kind of shrink the maps down i i do think the issue here would be that not all maps are equal i feel like the titan map with like the conveyor belts and stuff it's very it's honestly one of the harder maps i feel like to invade on at least in my experience because there's just more buildings and narrow corridors and it's harder to get lines of sight on people uh and then the nessus map is like wide open i mean you you spawn especially when you spawn at the top you can just kind of see everything um it's pretty easy to navigate that one i I do think everything is related though. So if you just address map size, that doesn't necessarily or even inadvertently address all the things you outlined about heavy ammo. Uh, even if you get rid of taken armaments, that doesn't affect heavy ammo playing a hen- enormous role because RNG, right? You get a couple bricks to drop and suddenly your team is in a better position for damage, for invader prevent, for invading in general. Uh, for ammo distribution among the team. Oh, I got heavy. I don't need to grab the heavy. I'm going to go invade. You go grab the, you know, the the brick that spawns. Um so I think I do think that if you got rid of armaments and you controlled heavy in a more intentional way, we said maybe just have an ammo box that appears once the bo- once the boss is out and everybody can hit the ammo box. So it's fair like everybody's getting virtually the same amount. Somebody even I think today in Q&A said don't have heavy dropping at all during the fights like it can't drop because that again can have rng playing a factor now we're getting very like hyper competitive right the slightest edge we want to we want to like hammer that down i would actually like that a lot once the boss comes heavy ammo spawn so if you go and invade it's just a primary battle or secondary i would like that a lot actually yeah, it would change the nature and see that would inadvertently weaken invasion. You'd have to ba- everybody would probably just go in and use a sniper um, uh, or something like it like the um, <clears throat> you know, there's a handful of exotics you'd probably see people pivot to because they you know Arbalist would be one that I would think of might suddenly start showing up as a you know as oh, a yeah. key key invading tool um, or you know, I guess you wouldn't want to do Izanagi's because the ammo economy might be poor for it because you'd have to you'd have to load up the the supercharged shots. But the idea would be, this would inadvertently weaken invasion to be more about finessing and hitting shots and and getting some kills. Unfortunately, it would probably turn into a very passive thing. So, 
folks would know that you could just hide um because as long as they can't move because right now they can kind of chase you down and find you a xeno or a super uh or 1k and if they have to snipe they're going to have to kind of hold position which could turn invasion to a pretty passive standoff um yeah so i think what we came up with today that i kind of liked and i'm I'm still toying around with it in my mind is that invasions get longer the more the game uh goes on so your first invasion is only like 10 seconds so that first invasion has a very small chance of being super influential maybe you get a pick maybe you don't second invasions 20 seconds and then boss invasions are like 25 maybe get a little bit more time the idea being that like you're keeping the teams in closer proximity one good invasion doesn't completely obliterate the other team because the initial invasion is weakened in its influence and its power it's a shorter invasion um then it wouldn't be so much of a 30 second standoff of, of four people hiding from a sniper um or four people getting eaten alive by somebody with Xeno or 1K or something, and then they're completely decimated and it's over. You know, they're going to do a double invade. That team's not doesn't stand a chance. Um, the way I put it is, I picture multiple knobs here that need to be probably only one needs to be tuned. Invasion is too powerful, it's too influential, and it's too often. So we have power, influence, and rhythm, and I think you only want to turn one knob. Um, and what I said was, if you turn down the power, then maybe it'll become less influential and it can keep that rhythm. It can happen as often as it does. Maybe if you turn the rhythm down, you would need to leave it powerful because you're only invading, you're invading less frequently, so it needs to be powerful. It, you know, And then the influence would naturally come down in both scenarios. Um, if you turn all the knobs, you're going to make invasion, you know, you're, you'll, you'll, unfortunately you might turn it into an inconsequential nuisance that no one feels like messing with because it's not, it's not strong, frequent or influential enough. It becomes, it becomes a joke. It's like nobody really cares to invade. We even came with, we came with the the gambling thing earlier. When you invade, you have to pick five, 10 or 15 moats to gamble with. And if you win, you get that amount of moats from the opposing team and it takes it it takes it from their bank right so it would be like a head-to-head 1v1 fight you know what i mean so you could do something like that where there's a gambling aspect where if you fail on your invade you lose that 1v1 fight there there's a there's a pain point and a risk involved that might make it more interesting as well yeah yeah i, I agree with a lot of those points so, I have one more ahead. question, and then we can move on to somebody else. Um, this is a, I guess a, a big question that I don't see how Bungie can deal with this. Now I, I talked back about before I was a above average Gambit player, and I remember when the Malfeasance boss came out, um, I was kind of slow on work. So for eight hours straight, I played nothing but Gambit with my guys, and we did not lose a single match. We mm-hmm. still didn't get the Malfeasance boss to spawn. So we tried again the next day, seven hours straight. We did not lose a single match. Long story short, still didn't get Malfeasance boss, but when we have a full team and it's firing on all cylinders, we're communicating. Gambit is so much fun to me. Mm-hmm. Same thing with raids. When we have your your boys, your, your your crew, you're firing on all cylinders, communicating. It is so much fun. Yeah. But when you are going in solo or you don't have the communication with the mic, it is one of the worst game modes I've ever played. Like, I can't stand Gambit sometimes. And I love mm-hmm. Gambit, like, flip of a coin. I love it or hate it. So I don't I don't want to gatekeep or anything because I'm not that guy, but at some, some days I just feel like I wish Gambit was 
no matchmaking and you had to go mm-hmm. in with a, a, mm-hmm. a team because it is so much fun when you do. But yeah. sometimes I just want to go in solo to do some bounties. So how could Bungie balance that in a way? Because I think Gambit is a fun game mode at, on paper, but yeah. with all the stuff that we outlined today, I mean, it just has some work to get done. Yeah, I think I would be concerned about a couple of things because, you know, the the question came up earlier, why not have a solo queue for Gambit? And on the other side of the coin, Darksider once suggested leaving both game modes but making, like, Gambit Prime the competitive one that is only of pre-made fire teams. So it almost becomes, like, the trials of PvE. Um what I said today is, you know, I always, I always have concerns when you're going to split up the player base. So what I said is trim it down to one game mode, but be a whole lot more rigid about solos only playing against solos. Because generally, you, you know, a bunch of solos against a stack, I mean, you're just going to get absolutely steamrolled. Like you're saying, once you're with your crew, you hit a rhythm and it's like, you're not even, you're just gliding over teams. Um... And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they don't they don't very consistently put you against stacks. Now, I know the matchmaking has changed for Gambit. I don't know if it's changed again, but I know at one point they changed it to where if you stacked up, it actually got a lot sweatier um, because you tended to face yeah. other better teams. And I didn't like that. I thought, this is basically skill-based matchmaking in Gambit is what it felt like. It was like, okay, because we have a team, every map was just an absolute sweat fest. Um, and I don't think eight hours of stomps is ideal either um so i think if you if you just more rigidly apply that type of matchmaking and not make it about skill but about stacks versus stacks and solos versus solos it would probably hit a decent amount of equilibrium especially if you went down to one game mode so you had more people in the funnel um that's that's where i land on it if you did if you did like a solo queue playlist i would just really really worry anybody who's trying to run just two people or three people you would they would never have anybody to fill their team you know they would never have any solos in there to fill things up so and i don't know if that would help with what you're saying i do think sometimes certain pieces of content you are going to have to accept a diminished experience when you go into a team a team objective based game mode and try to make it work the example i would give is in Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2 and Modern Warfare 3, me and my friends always played games like Headquarters and Team Defender. And there would be solo players in there that would get so angry and yell at us, be like, you guys are campers, you guys are, you know, you guys are, you know, pub stomping or whatever. And it always confused me. I was like, this is a team-based, objective-based mode. You can't expect to jump in here solo and, and really get any traction. And so... I'm not saying they can't do things to help mitigate a bad experience, but I also want to push back a little and just say, if you're going to go into Gambit, a team-based, objective-based game mode that's based on timing, awareness, and, and, and baking a boss and synergizing with your team, you're probably going to have, even if they do everything I said, you would probably are still going to have a diminished experience because you're going from the holy grail of a stacked team gliding over teams for eight hours to being by yourself with Johnny No Thumbs. Like it's just <laughs> you're 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 running you're running a bigger risk, and I think it's 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 unavoidable to some extent. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. That's kind of like another talk you talked about with just raids and matchmaking. Like if you're going in solo, saying if there was matchmaking in raids, you'd have to expect 
to beat your head against the wall sometimes. Mm-hmm. But but I understand what you're saying. I, and the the point you just brought out about the funnel, you talked about it again. I mean, with with guided games at one point, I think that's probably mm-hmm. the main thing Bungie needs to look at is filling the funnel or opening the funnel so more different people can play. But but yeah, I I agree with you 100. Cool. Good thoughts, man. All right. Well, uh, thank you all. I'll yeah. See you tomorrow. All right. <laughs> Thank you for calling in. Coming to you, Darksider. What do you got today? Are you gonna you gonna defend Gambit, or we should take it out? What do you have for me? Well, I think we talked enough Gambit the last time I called in about Gambit. Mm-hmm. I want to talk more about trials today. Okay. And that is uh, with the auto rifle being this weekend available for the, for the first time on the free win reward. Mm-hmm. It shows one of the my biggest fear with the new system that the optimal strategy for uh, lower skilled players to get the optimal loot was to basically not play trials just play it one week to finish the bounty for the free win reward and just sit on it until the desired item you want is in the reward so you keep your loot for minimum this basically meant that the system to get more people in was actually keeping more people out because they were waiting for the required item they want. Right. And I think trials would benefit from having the loot pool not unlock piece by piece, but by being completely unlocked from the start. Yeah, I think this touches down on... I always preach about the difference between micromanaging the player and incentivizing the player, and I think if you if you want the intended behavior of the player to be just to play trials as much as many people as we can get and as many games as we can get because that keeps as we just said it keeps the funnel full and you know matchmaking goes faster and people have a better experience I, I i think micromanaging always leads to these weird moments where someone says oh but if i do xyz I can control my loot pool and sit and save and then log in on this week. I, I, I think you're you're putting your finger on exactly what low card farming essentially came from. It was may, maybe a, a, a system that was too thoughtful and too thought out and too overbaked. So everyone was just like, oh, well, I can control my loot pool by playing in a weird way. Literally playing trials and can't and like resetting your card, getting three wins and resetting, reset, reset, reset. And then what you're saying getting the bounty and then just like sitting on it so this is why incentivization i think is just always gonna win as the better route you should say this is why i hammered them when they said that you weren't gonna get tokens for losses anymore i you know i kind of hammered them for that i was like what are you doing this is antithetical to the goal of removing the loss requirement you want lots of people playing and like I've said it so many times, they have Grandma's secret recipe for getting the cookies just right. It's in the it's it's in the kitchen. Go get it. You know, they pre Rise of Iron Trials recipe was right. Just uh, contextualize it with tokens. You can play as much as you want all weekend long. You do not have to win, and you're getting random drops via tokens and or bounties. Right, tokens are not the devil here. If they implemented tokens in a way that let you play all weekend, people only have one character. People prefer to play on their hunter. Bounties limits you to one character or all your characters. It still it limits your engagement. 
Tokens has the ability to open up the floodgates and say, no, if you want to play all week long on your hunter, all weekend long, I'm sorry, on your hunter, go right ahead. You're getting tokens the entire time. And then you just go turn them in. And as you said, the full loot pool would be open. You're just getting whatever. You're getting trials loot. And and as long as, I, I have to qualify all of this, as long as in the winter season they deliver a depth weapon so there's a clear difference between tokens and bounty earned loot and flawless loot as long as there's a clear difference there you can be super generous and super sort of like liberal with the player pool like you know what I'm saying you know when you ever read on the shampoo bottles like use a liberal amount just open it up be like just go crazy just let people have lots of loot let them play a bunch and get a bunch of tokens it doesn't matter if there's a clear hierarchy difference between the two and and, and, and as you're saying when you micromanage, people respond in a weird way. They either low card farm, or in this case, they sat on a bounty for weeks. Like that's just, <laughs> that's just honestly weird. Yeah, that was me. I did trials the first week, finished the bounty, didn't turn it in, and just was sitting on it, not daring to go into trials to not blow the loot pool. <laughs> Well, and when you make one week about a given weapon, look at what happened too. Even if people weren't sitting on the bounty, they're like, all of a sudden they're playing this week weekend and not the other weekends. You keep more people in there throughout the season if every weekend is a chance to get XYZ item. Now, if you want to do that with Flawless, I, I personally think Flawless should just look like the sundial. I'm, I'm not a big fan of ordering, ordering our guns like a value meal, but I really do think when you go Flawless just you should be able to pick whatever you want (laughs) like pick from one weapon and one armor piece and i think the hardcore players would not be done with trials that fast it would take a while to get the role that you want it would take a while to get you know the stats on armor that you want it would not it would not be a, a a a quick endeavor even if you gave people that level of intentionality so then there would be no oh, this is the week to play, or this is a week to skip, it would be, no, Trials is every weekend, and you can play and get a bunch of dope stuff, you know? Well, from looking at other streamers and players, uh, if you are using the passage that gives you extra tokens, mm-hmm. on the 7th week, you get 31 tokens. And after the 7th win, you still get 31 tokens after each win, which is basically one gear per game. Mm-hmm. one and a half gear which is actually a pretty good reward for the higher end but they got at the lower end even more than it was already yeah when they removed the ability to get the, the losses somebody said you could pick whatever you want if you've already unlocked it yeah 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 you could apply the the dungeon punch out method where your loot pool slowly gets bigger and as it grows your options from the flawless chest grow as well I can get behind that. That's fine too. The idea is that if I don't think a player funnel has ever filled up because you were restrictive or stingy. Like I just when when has that ever happened? If you look at what happened to Anthem because they were stingy, if you look at what happened to, you know, Diablo's loot 2.0 system when they turned up generosity, and you look at what happened when they shut down the generosity even though it was a bug, they shut down the the generosity of menagerie, you know, Every time, every time a piece of a content is micromanaged, stingy, or or you know too restrictive, you're, it it hurts engagement. 
There's never been a player funnel in Destiny that vacated because they made it very generous. Like, that's not a thing. It's always the opposite. When when the Warden of Nothing Nightfall was dropping double exotics in Nightfalls, everybody starts going and running it. Why? It's a, it's a generous funnel. Get in there. Get in now. Oh my gosh. So... If you're if you're generous, generally people put themselves in the lanes that are paying out the the best prizes. And when something isn't, they're just going to avoid it. And that's generally what's been happening with trials. Uh, it's what happened in season of the worthy. You know, no clear line to grinding for stuff is too you know comparatively you know the season of dawn. CrossFit nerd, thank you for the brand new membership for clicking the join button. Enjoy the emotes and uh, enjoy the perks in Discord. So. That brings me to my most important question. Okay. Do you think that even if we get adept weapons or adept modes, what they were talking about, both mm-hmm. for trials, do you think that will that it, that it will be enough to save trials? Because I don't think that the adept loot alone will be enough for the players. We'd have to define what saving trials means. If you define saving trials as it's a it's a healthier and and more maybe longer lasting player pool, I don't think adept weapons is the only solution. I think there needs to be better better generosity and accessibility avenues for loot at the lower end. You don't make it easier to go flawless, but you want to make the lower end feel accessible and generous, and you can do that if there's adept weapons, because your gun and my gun are very different if mine came from flawless. And so, if they do both, this is a both-and situation in my mind. You can't just focus on flawless. You have to focus on flawless as well as the games one through three players. And if you make both players feel like the, the game mode is worth their time then I think the player pace numbers would be healthier and they would last for longer amounts of time through the season. If that in your mind is saving trials, I think trials can be saved. Can trials ever go back to being, you know, what, how we think of it as this amazing, awesome, you know, successful mode, like the pre rise of iron, like honeymoon period. I don't know if it's ever going to be able to get back to what it was because I, I I made reference in Q and a, I said, it's like a, the football guy that gets his knee injured so bad he just can never really be the MVP anymore and I do I feel like Trials has fallen on his face so many times uh, and another giant if hanging hanging over Trials like a guillotine is cheating you know if they can't get control of the cheating you're going to have an, a, probably one of the weirdest player based distribution problems that we've ever seen you're going to see people going to next gen consoles to avoid cheating because they'll get the higher frames per second, but then they're probably going to be a rise in DDoSing because that's where everyone's going to go, and there'll be an exodus on PC. So, like, there's a lot of unknowns here. Adept weapons are not a a one-size-fits-all band-aid that will pull trials out of the gutter. Um, it needs to be... It's almost like threefold. Bottom half of the card and, and loot accessibility needs turned way up, so way more casuals go in. Adept weapons and anti-cheat. If all three of those things are not answered, I think Trials just slowly dies. It already has. So, if you do two of those things, but not anti-cheat, then Trials might thrive and do well on console, but it'd be dead in the water on PC, because the cheaters are just kind of reigning supreme right now. I think the I personally see the issue with cheating in Trials more as a side effect of lack of players and the distribution where 
If only high-skilled players remain, the only way to combat them is cheats for the average player. So, the more people we get in, I think the smaller the amount of cheaters people will meet because less likely they, it will happen. It It's mathematically sound to say if lots more players come in, then the cheaters are a smaller ratio. That's a true premise. I don't know if that premise leads to the conclusion that there will be less cheaters because what you're saying could inadvertently lead to more cheaters because people go in and they jump in and they play and they suddenly see those adept weapons and they're like, I'll never go flawless. I'm going to I'm gonna pay for this guy to recover my account and cheat so I can get some adept weapons or I'm just going to load up a cheat, dude. I can't, I'll never get the adept weapons. I think either prediction could come true. Yours could come true that if you could flood the game mode with lots of players, it's less likely you run into cheaters but it could also get flooded with lots of players that suddenly become strongly motivated to get adept weapons and are willing to pay for cheats in order to get it. Also, in general, I don't think the best antidote for cheaters is lots of players. I think the best antidote for cheaters is anti-cheat. Like, fundamentally, what you're talking about is near the end of every season, trials would get worse and worse because naturally the player base numbers go down as the season progresses which means the probability of hitting running into cheaters would just go up as the season progresses so quality of trials would be on a slow degradation path every single season like we need true anti-cheat i i don't disagree with the premise of what you're saying but i don't think we can rest on that as like a, oh that'll that'll fix the the cheating issue in trials or or mitigate it to some you know to some degree uh, i think the main issue with cheaters in trial is regarding uh frustration and the sense of hopelessness at this point because the game mode has just become so hostile to the players basically Mm. yeah I would agree that that's playing a part but I also think people are very loot motivated in this community and I think the introduction to of adept weapons could actually lead to a rise in cheating because Whenever there's something that's super, super desirable like that, I think the recovery and the carry services all go up in demand. And I, I'm not saying anything about people that do recovery and carries, but I think when recovery and carries go up in demand, I do think likelihood of cheating goes up as well because it clearly means there's a, there's a strong motivator in trials all of a sudden. And that I do, I think that lands on players saying, oh, I'm going to cheat my way to some adept stuff. Um... So I I uh, I think it, I think it cuts both I do I think it cuts both ways I think you need all three if not I think so many people are going to I don't think people are going to do what you're saying I think if there's really really dope loot I think a lot of players are gonna are gonna go to console because they're gonna be like ah, there's no anti cheat dude I'm not playing on PC I'm trying to get adept weapons dude and I think everybody will go to console I think PC will have a huge huge exodus if Bungie doesn't get in front of this before November. Oof. Looking at Bungie's past activities, what I saw in this last year, I have big doubts that they can pull off valuable <clears throat> adept weapons that won't be either. There's no point in getting it, or it's so broken that it guarantees me instant flawless. Yeah, maybe that's why they were considering adept mods so that they could experiment at the mod level and not at the gun archetype level. Um, and then obviously nerf or buff a mod accordingly, and so the weapon 
the weapon's not getting nerfed or buffed. It's just the mod. I, I'm anxious to see what they do with trials because I think PvP is such a delicate ecosystem that all it takes is one one god tier weapon to throw everything into upheaval and uh, you know hard light. I think proved that at the beginning of the season of the worthy. It was just absurd, and it grew and grew and grew as the season. I went don't on think Hardlight was the problem. More like Suros was the main problem with Autos. Well, but again, I'm just I'm trying to give an example of as soon as something emerges as the token weapon, it just takes over. So the ecosystem in Destiny is so easily manipulated. And I think trials weapons and adept weapons run that risk. And if that adjust, imagine that happens. There's some weapon from Flawless that hits the ecosystem and is god tier, and everybody wants it. Then I think that too. That's going to be a rise in people cheating and paying for recoveries to get that weapon. I gotta have it. It's so amazing. Um, so I'll be really interested to see what Bungie decides to do. Uh, with adept weapons, because I think the PVE ecosystem is not as uh, as volatile because we have so much difficulty spectrum now. If something becomes god tier in strikes or low level nightfalls, like who cares? It only really matters if it invalidates or trivializes dungeon bosses, raid bosses, or grandmaster nightfalls. So the, the PVE is a little bit more resilient now to something being too strong. Um, PVP, man, I don't know. That ecosystem is so fragile. I think PvE ecosystem is far more fragile considering you are literally only allowed to run Izanagi Divinity and Anti-Barrier Auto Rifle right now, literally. Oh, I see what you're saying. I don't know if I would call that fragile. I think I would call that narrow. I don't know. I mean, if something is very narrow, it can easily be broken. Like, if something in Trials managed to get a good PvE role on the Flores Adept version, it will become probably something that will ruin the ecosystem. I was picturing it more like it's hard for us right now with, with Dungeons Raids and Grandmaster Nightfall, it's hard for one weapon to come in and totally disrupt that ecosystem and become... The, oh, the, this weapon is completely trivializing all these boss fights. Now that happened with Wither Horde, but they patched that pretty quickly. It was a glitch. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like PVE has a more density now. You're right. Generally, when you go run hard content, there is a meta. But I think what I was trying to show was one powerful weapon doesn't suddenly completely destroy PVE's sense of structure and in in PVP one powerful weapon becomes literally a laser light show. I played sixes and it was, in, it was insane. There's hard lights everywhere. Um, so I think that's that's how I was looking at it. I think you're right. I mean, I, I do think we do tend to always gravitate towards metagaming in the end game of Destiny. And some of that's because of lack of dynamics and combat depth, which I, I talk about all the time. Um, but yeah, I given this subject, I would be... I'm, I'm, I'm very, very curious what they can do with adept weapons because I have a pretty good clear like almost vision of what they're going to do with with end game upper echelon weapons and PVE um, and they they can they can make a lot of insane stuff like you know the Wendigo and the Recluse and you know some of these other weapons that you know the loaded question I think we're going to get a, and the Delirium we're going to get a lot of weapons in that lane in end game 
but I don't know what they're going to do in, in for Trials of Death. I feel like it's just a different animal. Mm-hmm. So Okay, this is all. Thank okay. you. Alright, good thoughts. I am moving to Gilly. Gilly in the Mist. What do you have for me today? Okay, I want to talk about um, your fairly offhand comment about how they're going to handle Gambit Prime Armor. And mm. saying they should just tap it and leave it um for them to do that that means they'd have to raise the light level of gambit which kind of breaks all sunset weapons in gambit if you can't bring the armor because it's not high enough light that means all your weapons that you're supposed to be able to use in non-pinnacle activities are now you can't use those either and the armor that you like the look of can't use that either um, so I think instead of just throwing it away, um, they should shift it to its cosmetic and it can only run those mods. You turn it into mods, it doesn't have a sunset, it's just excluded from that, um, and it, it's the only armor that can run that specific mod. And then you don't have to worry about sunset weapons not being available, um, while still keeping what people want to use it for. Yeah. Okay. So, I I actually think what you're saying is 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 fair. That like Gambit Gambit sort of feels like a a meat and potatoes mode now. Kind of like how Strikes and Crucible they're not raising the power of that and like leaving behind your weapons. Um, and if and here's the thing, if Bungie does do that, if they decide to raise the power level of Strikes, then they'll have to raise the floor of all Sunset gear. So if suddenly Strikes are a thousand. You have to raise everybody's gear to a thousand. You can't have people stuck down in the 750s. So if they decide to do that again, where they catch everybody back up, they may do that annually. Um, and I think what you're saying is fair. It's like what if you do that to Gambit, you know, now everything that gets sunset, now all of my armor and everything just gets left behind, and that it, it doesn't feel like an end game mode where sunsetting needs to be taking place. It's not a dungeon raid or trials. So I think your pushback's fair. I think my concern would be then what what kind of time can they devote to to balancing how insane some of the especially the invader one in particular uh how how strong and influential it is i I feel like the invader one made an existing problem in 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 gambit worse um by giving so much power to one individual person i mean prime has moat drain and then when he invades moat uh bank lock and then he's also there to kill you and, and, and take your moats as well. Um, and I know people are like, oh, you have to have a good this or a good that to to defeat him. If you have a, if, if it's a, if if we're going to use your premise as kind of our guiding light here, that this is not end game, this is not aspirational. Okay, this is not meant to be that. So that's our justification for saying you shouldn't be sunsetting anything. I feel like that argumentation would lead us to say that the armor and the armor's influence needs way dialed back because it makes it feel like this I gotta have a team, I gotta be hyper organized, it's starting to feel like Endgame right, it's starting to feel like Grandmaster Nightfalls Trials and Raids where I gotta have a team, I gotta be highly organized so I worry that the armor stands as like a category shifting effect and yet Gambit's just this match made you know, meat and potatoes you know 
it's like a core pillar in the game now. You got Crucible, Gambit, Vanguard, like the three the three colors down there. I feel like the armor takes it into a different category because of how strong and influential it is. And it suddenly feels like a raid where I got to get my team ahead of time and be highly communicative or we're going to get stomped by one good invader. And that's, well, the idea of making it a mod is people can still wear the armor if they like the look of it. Mm -hmm. Um, which is something that they want to bring along with transmog and if it's easier to just keep it and that stuff's a mod it's easier to tune as a mod and then you can wear other mods with the look of that armor and then they don't have to make those cosmetics um you know you like the look of it and then you don't care about the stats and you run you know you run that a lot you put the mod on when you're there you take it off when you're not and then they feel like that would be less work for them while still achieving the same thing and Yes, the mods, well, not the mods, but the armor needs tuned down, but I feel like that'd be easier as a mod, and then you could just have that blank, you know, as blank slate armor. Right. I, I would love for people to be able to continue to look like this. I, I think the Gambit armor is is some of the better looking armor in the game, honestly. Um, I've always liked the the look of it, and I think the the cosmetics and the snakes and the, and the, and the color stuff are actually great. Um, I've always liked the Titan helmet. I've always liked the Titan uh, chest piece for for Gambit um, and the mark. It's honestly one of the better one of the better Titan marks. Um, just a nice belt and then like leather with the lion. You know, I, I actually think the Gambit cosmetics were were were, were dope. So I get behind that, and, mm-hmm. and I could get behind a toning down of the armor. I just I worry that that becomes a. Um, I don't know. I, I used to watch these old, you know, westerns where there'd be a guy whittling, like taking a knife and like whittling a stick down. And I'm mm-hmm. like, if you whittle these down to the point where it's instead of being like a spear, it's like a pencil. What's the point? Like if you if you whittle these down too much, you might defeat their entire purpose and and, and point. And then you get stuck in a seesaw of, of nerf buff, nerf buff. And as you said, it might be easier if they just did it with mods. I just feel like it's a ton that unless there's a gambit team, I, my concern, my innate concern is that's a lot of time balancing an entire ecosystem for one game mode. And it's, I, I don't know, couldn't we get more innovation on positive modifiers and builds for grandmasters? Couldn't we innovate on stuff for, for, for crucible, you know, hoppers that get more engagement. Um, I, I, I think the spirit of what you're saying is okay. I just always, my radar always goes off. It's like, that that sounds like a lot of work for this one game mode that gets, you know, good engagement, but the lower end of engagement in the community distribution. And it could be a disproportionate amount of focus needed to get it right. Because I don't think they would get it right the first time. If, if, if their track record shows anything, it would take them a while to really get this seesaw, you know, balanced and ironed out. Yeah, and the idea of the mods is that if they're going to keep the benefits of having that armor, then you can have it, you know, you have a system like the Dream Band armor where the more you wear it, the more powerful it gets. So if you're going to keep it, convert the armor to be blank armor and make those effects mods. So that way people can keep the armor and you can do whatever you want with the effects. Take it away, sunset it, buff it, nerf it, retweak it, or just do nothing with it. Um, And then people are still happy, oh, I get to look cool and all that yeah yeah i i could go i could go either way um i want the people that enjoy gambit to be able to continue to enjoy gambit i don't think like my input on it should be um should dictate too much because i don't play it and probably never will play it a bunch unless it it, it would have to basically 
become become a completely different mode or have loot in there that I simply cannot you know cannot avoid. I, I have to have it, like if it's good enough. Uh, outside of that, I am more in favor of letting Gambit just hum as an annual game mode, and I worry. My, my concern is that the armor sets are presently all over the place and frustrating to people that don't have them. You're going to have a, a lot of new players that jump in that have zero clue what they even mean. Like, if you're trying to get lots of people playing and it's a new mode, you can use the, you know, the double and triple infamy and all that to get new players in there because November is a good time to, you know, get a lot of people in the game. And if there's this slightly complex sort of it's not convoluted or complex to a great degree but to a newer player who doesn't have the armor or doesn't understand even the basics of gambit this is like this extra layer of complexity that if we're going to trim it down to one mode it might again just be more trouble than it's worth and make the mode unappealing if you like gambit i would think you would want bungie to really focus on accessibility during November and December because you want lots of new folks jumping in and checking it out so that you get I mean you want those Christmas noobs in there right you want those people in there that Mm kind of grease they kind of grease the wheels and the games go faster but you wouldn't want them going in and feeling like I don't even know what's going on these guys have armor sets and bonuses and buffs and they're locking our bank and they're doing this or that and um if they whittled it down and made it weaker and it was mod based again I guess a concern would be accessibility I feel like that level of complexity takes the mode out of the category we're trying to put it in again way back to your the beginning of your call in the premise here is that we shouldn't sunset because this is an end game this is an aspirational and yet the armor and the mods even if even if properly nerfed and balanced that brings a layer of complexity and intelligence and 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 like team composition that i believe drags gambit out of this is low rung content and it suddenly becomes like a quasi trials raid environment where a a, a fully stacked well communicating team with with armor is practically necessary and if you're not doing that the game mode feels inaccessible so now you've drugged the game mode up into basically being like aspirational content if that makes sense yeah and even if they're going to get rid of the mods or like the perks with the armor which I, I kind of do think they should. I think it's just an old antiquated system that you have mm-hmm. to switch over to an armor set for one specific game mode and you have to collect all of them. That They should just get rid of it. But I don't think they should waste the effort they put in to make that good-looking armor by throwing that away too. And right. then an incentive to run Gambit in the new mode is you can get this cool-looking armor. And right. it's got decent-looking stats and it looks cool. And that's really all of the incentive you need to get a lot of new players in is hey it looks cool that's that's it that's a good I mean I think that's a good word that that'd be a great way to reinvigorate trials I think that armor is really good looking and you could get a lot of people to go in and play because the armor is you know such a a a driver of like oh I want to look like that um and if the complexity of the you know the mods and the and the and the set bonuses and stuff was removed i think that makes it just a nice accessible it's you know it's mid lane content it is team based there is an objective as i said a little bit ago uh to i think it was cold heart you you are going to have a diminished experience anytime you go into team-based, objective-based content, and I think that would still stay there, but if there's this extra layer of complexity with builds and set bonuses, 
that's when I would worry things would go awry. So I I am in full favor of reinvigorating the loot pool with those armor sets as like, hey, these are awesome. You can transmog them and make them ornamental. And even maybe let's bring back some of the weapons, you know, the doomsday and the spare rations and reissue them with good, maybe some newer perks and more in, more intentionality to get them so they're not so dadgum random. Then I think you probably would put Gambit into a good place for both the existing fans and potential new fans as well. Yeah, you know, you shift Gnawing Hunger and Night Watch, which are available this season, to Gambit and the rest of those weapons from Prime that I think not a lot of people have. A lot mm-hmm. of people have, like, the regular Gambit weapons. Not that many people, especially newer players, just don't have it because they don't know about it. There's not a reason to run it. Um, and it's very hard to get them. Yeah, like, Getting a good spirit rations was a significant grind. And yeah. I hadn't even heard of Gnawing Hunger before this season came out. Like, I don't think anybody had heard of it. You're like, oh, yeah, the curated role is nice, but it's so hard to get. You didn't see it anywhere. Yeah, it's like Sasquatch. Yeah, like, you have it, and then it's very smooth sailing. Yeah. Decent mid lane loot, decent mid lane good-looking armor, and the people who like it have it, and the people who don't have it have a reason to play it. Yeah, I I think those are good thoughts. I, I think that that... That's probably one of the more likely outcomes here is is not huge change or evolution or iteration, but a trimming down simplification and then just put some good loot in there, you know? Mm-hmm. So, all right. Good thoughts, Gilly. I'm going to go on to the next player, uh, the next caller. I got Techno, Mr. Techno Tyrant. Well, you're right. I am a player and a caller, so <laughs> What do you got for me? My biggest problem with invasions is uh, there's too much reward and there's almost no risk at all involved. Yeah. Like you invade, if you kill one person, there's no real punishment for you if you just invade and you don't get anyone. It's just you got to wait eight seconds to respawn. So I just think there needs to be more of a punishment for being an invader and failing to get it done. Like make it more stressful than just uh i guess i'll go invade since the portal's up and no one else is another element to this though is that you can go and invade kill nobody but if you're over there for the full 30 seconds you did slow them down you hurt them like if you die right away sure you see the invasion thing pop up everyone scatters and hides as soon as you see the invaders there well, Sushi is saying, you know, the punishment's not healing their primeval and losing. It, it does, I agree. I do I do think the element of quote-unquote risk for invading, it does change once you're at the boss fight. I just wonder what the percentage of boss melts take place and the other team doesn't even have their primeval up yet because you had a nice crispy double invade where the other team doesn't even get past like 25 or 50 motes banked. Like, I wonder what percentage of Gambit games are, are falling in that heat map of invades are super close together for one team the other team sort of gets snowballed and then you know that primeval comes up and if you manage the boss fight properly even though they can invade during the boss fight they're just if they're more of a nuisance than like oh they they healed the primeval i i agree though it is a little different i just think the first and second invade especially if you get the first one if i get the first invade and i don't kill a single person but i'm over there for 20 or 25 seconds I don't know. I, I, I feel like that has so much influence over the flow well, of this game. Everything comes... Every, 
Go ahead. And, and those uh, high intensity boss battles with the invade, most people will stop damaging the boss and go look for the invader. So even if you don't kill anyone, as long as you're alive there, they're going to be looking for you. Or if it's prime, there's such a clear kill the envoy and just sit around and wait. Like you wait for such a high stack of the what's it even called? The primeval slayer. Um, uh, yeah. You wait for such a high stack, and then you just kill the invader, or he gets a couple of you, no worries, and then you literally take the boss's health from full to zero. Like, the tug of war generally happens the most in the meatball fight, because there's mechanics to kind of stop the melt. So, I I don't want to go mechanics heavy or immunity phase heavy here, but it's kind of like, generally, it just it gets so, so trimmed down into invade, you slow them down or kill one or two or all. Who knows? There's a spectrum of influence, right? You kill nobody, but there's this massive amount of dead time where they can't do anything because they're hiding. Or you kill one, two, three, or four. So the spectrum of influence goes up, obviously, the more people you kill. And the worst invasion is, like, if you get killed within the first 10 or 15 seconds. If you get beyond 15 seconds, I think the influence of slowdown is pretty significant. And then that empowers you to probably get up your second invade in time to to go back and try again and stop them again because they're all you know they've all been hiding um and then you add in the blocker drain of prime and that was another element that really put teams behind the eight ball you go over and hide as the invader no one wants to come out and they're getting drained in the meantime um so they're 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 even having less of a chance now to get their invade up real quick about that gambit prime bank drain you have to be on top of their bank to get the drain it'll lock when you invade but to drain their bank you have to be like right on top of their bank i thought i thought when there were blockers on it it drained that was a thing in prime if you have if you have multiple blockers in prime it drains but if you are just the invader and you have the highest tiered invader set if you just stand on top of the bank by yourself you will drain Right, and well, I think the point I was making is usually when there's an invader coming, he's coming on the heels of, of blockers because they've just banked and sent him over. So a lot of the times, there were multiple blockers, invader comes, and you either get caught out in the open trying to kill him, or you ignore them and drain happens, right? So draining was, was pretty common because usually people are like, boom, boom, two banks, blocker, blocker, here comes the invader all together. It's like, zoom, zoom. And the delay on the spawn of the blockers sometimes, by the time they appear, by the time you can see them and damage them, the invader's there. And so you got two draining, you got this guy, so everybody hides, and then it turns into double invade, which you're then on your pathway to summoning primeval, and they've not invaded once. And that's when... I can see that snowballing and everything. I remember back before they changed the blocker types, how we would just we would send like two giant blockers and then an invade and then it would just be non-stop giant blockers and invades they couldn't even get to their bank it was yeah. like a hundred to zero for the moats yeah yeah because the drain I, I i honestly think if they trim it down to prime just i think they need to take the drain aspect out of it um because i think it's just it's too much for a team to pull ahead to also be draining the other team you're kind of kicking dirt in the face of a team trying to come back it's like they just they can't get their head above water and the um the the nature the nature of invasion is meant to be disruptive and i feel like it's destructive if that makes sense there's a difference between disrupting another team's you know what like, they're trying to do they're supposed to be like slowing you down whereas invading right now is just you completely decimate them and if you do it well they almost have no chance to recover yeah after yeah. that good invasion 
Yeah, that's a, that, there's there's a new mod, a, a new Lono motto catchphrase is that invasion is supposed to be disruptive, but it is destructive to what the team is doing. It is it goes beyond just simple disruption and slowing you down. It's destructive to what the other team can do, and they end up just falling too far behind. Um, now I know people are always going to do this. They're going to go anecdotal. Oh, I have comebacks all the time, or my team really rallies and comes back. That I, I am no, no, at no point when I make these criticisms, and I, is am I, am I saying that those things are impossible? I'm saying from a design standpoint, a lot of this just needs to be refined, and you can't remove invasion. But I think you need to turn one of the knobs down, whether it's the power, the influence, or the frequency. Um, How many times were those uh, return comebacks? Were you with a fire team, or were you solo queue? Is another big part of that too true and i you know and that's where you're going to come down to that friction of the friction that we just had with the last caller is it's not aspirational content but it kind of feels like it if i have to go four stack hyper communicate hyper organize run mods run set bonuses we all have our own role gee many christmas we don't even have roles in raids right now there's no relic holder there's no this no that and in, in gambit has roles you know you're the invader you're the mode collector there are more defined roles in friggin gambit prime than there are in any of the raids in destiny 2 we all do the same thing in destiny 2 raids for the most part so it's like it so feels if I'm understanding you correctly the next raid is going to be gambit ultra prime <laughs> oh my gosh no no but i think that's the rub is you're asking players to do something that is by its nature team-based aspiration but it's not that kind of content it's meant to be come get your milestone matchmake do bounties like i don't know it's it's got an i feel like it just has an identity problem and i think prime complicated it um, ooh, Prime will be the sweaty version. Oh my gosh. Like, it, it just, it, 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 I think it compounded the existing confusion about what the mode's supposed to flow like and feel like. And, um, I don't know. You can match make into strikes and, and crucible and have an influence over the flow of what's happening. And in Gambit, it's so difficult to do that. Um, because teammates can, t- you know, take moats you were trying to get and then they die. They can take moats that you were trying to get and then they go for 15 like a numbskull and they don't bank. And then your invader's sitting there like, can you bank? I want to invade. Oh, you need to get two more. And the, you know what I'm saying? One person, it's incrucible. If you have a bad player on your team, they don't inadvertently or directly hinder your ability to go get kills. Like they might sometimes, but in Gambit, a bad Gambit player can literally stop you from doing the thing you want to do. It's like, I want to go invade. Can you come bank? And they're like, they just won't. So they have the power to not just be bad and pull the team down. They can directly keep you from doing what you want to do. It's just, as a game mode, it doesn't... I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a well... It doesn't feel like a well-oiled... you know, machine. I feel like that's kind of like the survival game mode in Crucible, where if you have that one weak link, they just waste all your lives, and now you're going to lose because of that. Yeah. Yeah, so... We'll see what they do. I continue to think they're going to pretty much let it hum, and just let it let it, uh, let it, it coast as a, as then, a game uh, mode. I got one last thing. Given okay. that we still have over 100 days left in the season, because they haven't updated the in-game calendar to account for the delay... Do you think Bungie should just like throw some more ranks on the end of the season pass and put like some materials and stuff in there? Um, I mean, I'm not going to ask. Would that be, go ahead. Would that be something that the player base would like and go with? 
Because you're going to hit season pass rank 100, and you're still going to have two months till the next thing, and you're going to lose a lot of drive to do a lot of things once I think you it, hit your power caps and all that. An easier solution would be to say we can reset it, and obviously you can't repeat cosmetic items like uh, like uh, ornaments and such, but give people the opportunity to reset it one time this season. So you could comb back through and get your... Um, your exotics and your obviously you still get the what what they're not bright engrams anymore. They're called um, mnemonic. They're still, a bright en- they're still called a bright engram. They're mnemonic engrams, and under it they get they say bright. Oh, you're right. Okay, so you get your bright engrams, your currency again. You know, you could you could get you know some of the umbrals and exotics and stuff again. Obviously, the cosmetics wouldn't wouldn't reset. But I, I don't know if that's possible, but I feel like they could say, hey, in light of the fact that we've had to delay the season a certain amount of time, uh, we're going to push out a hotfix that will enable you to reset your season pass to comb back through and get some of the bright dust, bright engrams and currencies and stuff. Or, And this is a great time to really drive home the point to Bungie that, th- excuse me, there should be a third row on the bottom that's like the prestige row that just always resets itself with a lot of the currencies and items and also re 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 uh re-emphasize the fact that you are getting bright engrams still every five levels you could re- really re-emphasize that with a third lane that keeps resetting and this is a really good time to drive that point home to them because hey you guys got to push a season back by a week or two you've at least got that season pass kind of kind of looping for folks and maybe more casual folks are suddenly like oh man I actually hit 100 I'm going to keep going this thing resets it might maintain some of the more mid lane engagement that they're they're assuredly going to lose when people hit that September time frame or like I'm kind of done with everything I did the you know I did the season pass and I did the bounties and I've gotten the guns um so you know, there's a couple couple of ways they they could have done this, and so I, I think go ahead. More along the lines of uh, remember back in D1, every time you filled the XP bar after hitting max level, they'd throw five motes of light at you. Yeah, That's just like every time you fill the bar, throw like an enhancement prism at you or some. Yeah, it could. Resource. Yeah, it could be like an extra box down here next to a hundred that every time the meter fills, it spits out something random. Um, and then every five, you would literally see it fill with a bright ingram, so you would know what's next. You'd be like, oh, a bright ingram's next. Oh, some currency's next. Oh, a, um, some bright dust is next, or whatever. And you would just see that little meter filling, because you, you, whenever you're filling this up, you know, you see the little diamond moving across uh, the each level. I think that would be another way to do it. Not a whole lane across the bottom, as you're saying, just a little bar that fills and spits something out. Yeah, that that's about it. I just uh, I have not picked up a single bounty since I hit season pass rank 100 because mm-hmm. I'm also at the power cap, so I just don't care about the XP anymore or yeah. what the bounties give because the bounties to me were just XP. I have enough resources that I don't need to pick them up. Yeah, tying so, bounties to loot or loot boons would be good because once you're once you're maxed out, they do. It's like, why am I doing this other than to get like artifact power? Well, just from farming the raids and my pinnacles to hit power cap, I've hit season pass rank 200. And the only thing I get after rank 100 are more of those bright engrams. I used to get them from farming that dog's encounter until Bungie uh, made that a weekly lockout. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're being a little 
they're being a little micromanagey this season i'm not a fan of it you know every time something's being rewarding they're clamping down on it you know they lowered they lowered umbral drop rates and nightmare hunts they're messing with leviathan they mess with some of the other things in leviathan they did two changes to leviathan um and i'm just not a fan let people let people have their fun and, and raid the cookie jar man it's not it's not that I big of a deal i don't see why they would do that for the bright engram thing it's not like you can it's not like the that was hurting the cash shop because you can't even buy those engrams anymore like there's no way to buy the seasonal bright engrams because they're a loot box and bungie said that they don't want to specifically sell the loot box anymore well, uh, I think it was because the Bright Engrams have a small percentage chance of dropping Bright Dust, which is a currency that puts that, that's pitted against silver, so that's possibly part of the decision. Um, that doesn't really make it look much better, though. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's, um, it's again, it's, it's my, my attitude on it is it's an attitude of perception. Slapping everybody's hands by slamming the cookie jar lid shut is just not the best look right now. Uh, given that you had the delay beyond light, given that we're all looking forward to the future, and this is supposed to be like this great celebratory time in the summer, and you just you keep slamming cookie jar lids shut, and just like just let people have their fun. Now, AFK forging is different. That was an exploit, but like being like, oh, you like know, the powerful umbrals and the umbrals from nightmare hunts. I feel like those should have stayed for a while. Like they should have said we encountered an issue, and we're planning on fixing it in the future, but they just leave it for a while. I agree. They should have put a notice in the game and said, hey, right now, Umbral Engrams on Focus on Armor are having a chance of dropping a powerful, like a power bump, and we're going to leave it. We're going to leave it for a couple of weeks so people can take advantage of it that maybe we're unaware. You know, let the whole player base know and then say, hey, in two weeks, we're planning on kind of patching that. Like, I said the same thing in my video about it. I was like, this was not needed. They didn't need to patch this. Um, and same thing with Nightmare Hunts. I don't think they needed to patch that either. Yeah, so. the general perception this season seems to be Bungie's really quick on fixing anything that benefits the player, but anything that hurts the player experience, they take their time on. And that's just the general perception because people are getting already bored and upset. Right, and I've continued to push back on the notion that like stopping cheaters and making system-wide changes or big changes, you know, are those are those are harder than like lowering the drop rate on something. I don't think they're equal. But as you said, I've continued to say the same thing. It's, it's about a ma- It's all about perception. It's like players don't know that they don't work at Bungie. All they know is you keep shutting off really awesome rewarding loot faucets and you're leaving all this other garbage in the game and cheaters and everything else like it's a it's a it feels like a value perception you know miscommunication so yeah i I think that's uh most of what i had to talk about although grandmaster nightfall i finally experienced one this week was pretty easy and i can tell already that it is really just down to the strike because the corrupted strike is just going to be terrible. I'm not even going to run it as a general nightfall when it pops up. I hate that strike so much. Yeah, not not all strikes are created equal, and I think if they're going to do Grandmasters going forward, even if they don't agree with me and from the philosophy of negative modifiers and damage deltas, at the very least, can you curate each of the six Grandmasters so some are not insane while others feel silly? Like, you can skip so much. Like, I think they... Right. Grounded in Savathun's song is incredibly hard because there are sections where you have to jump yeah. while taking fire, and that doesn't really feel that good. Yeah, agreed. So, all right, good thoughts, Techno. Thanks for calling in. Yep. 
Alright, another great VIP call-in session. Just a handful of people and we get close to an hour. So if you want to take advantage of that, be sure to pick VIP on Patreon or here on YouTube by clicking the join button. If you're listening elsewhere and you prefer to use Patreon instead, SNTRpresents.com will take you uh, to the Patreon and you can sync that up with Discord, take advantage of those benefits. And our first VIP fight night is this week on Friday the 7th around 8pm Eastern. It's going to be a blast. Anybody can watch the stream but you got to be a, be a VIP to jump in and play. We're probably going to do the same thing tomorrow afternoon with Fall Guys. Uh, we'll do like afternoon VIP sessions. So if you're listening to this podcast in the other locations that it hits, it does hit Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, as well as most podcast platforms. You can always tune in live at say no to rage.com. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe.